Hey everyone, welcome to Rewind the Love, a podcast about the best era in reality television that usually recaps shows like Flavor of Love, Rock of Love, and all the great celeb reality shows that you love. But today, we change things up a little bit as we try to determine if love is blind. I am Mike. And I'm Sonia. That wasn't bad. That actually went a lot smoother than I anticipated. I know. It's but uh, cool. It's like Rob Thomas and Santana right there. Listen to our... I love the 2000s. There you go. <laughs> this is a very... It's a decent transition right there. I know. But no, today is, uh, we're, you know, having some fun with stuff. We kind of have that gap because we're about to hear our one year mark. Well, Hit our one year mark. It's funny Apologies. that you mentioned that because I, unsurprisingly, if you know anything about me whatsoever, it just completely miscalculated and technically this would have been... The week. Friday would have been the day. Friday is the one year anniversary That's where I look at this as like a Price is Right scenario. And I say, you can't go over. Closest to without going over. Because if Friday is it, we're not going to release an episode Friday. Yeah. So technically we have, we're still at like 362 days. Yeah. Or whatever it may be. So we're not quite there at the year. So I do believe next week would be, you know, even though it's like a year and a couple days, should technically be the year. Yeah. So this is our gap week filled with content hopefully y'all listen to our i love the 2000 episode that i mentioned before yes and that if you like them please find us on patreon rewind the love and we can keep those going we're also going to keep doing shows like this yes on we'll patreon putting I think out polls and stuff trying we're to gonna see out. how too hot to handle goes is that the one we just watched with Wait, too hot to handle. Oh, never mind. What the hell am I thinking of? I don't know. Isn't there a move, Some Like It Hot? Is that what I'm thinking of? Yeah, Some Like It Hot. The, the movie with Marilyn Monroe. Is it the Rowan. one we just watched? It is. Okay. I was talking about the Netflix, the Netflix show about people that show, can't the refuse people. to have sex. Or, yeah. Yeah. Or can't stop having sex. Refuse to have sex. <laughs> it's quite the quite opposite. Quite the opposite, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I guess to get some housekeeping out of the way, because... I'm a dumbass, and I was like, how much could we possibly have to talk about over the course of this show? Because we Yeah, there's like, only oh, 11 episodes. There's only 11 episodes. I mean, how much could we possibly have to talk about? I meant that sarcastically. I, I know. I meant oh. it sarcastically, too. <laughs> uh, we, I have the least amount of notes, and I have, uh, what did I say, 36 pages? You have 36. I have 49. Y'all... <laughs> Just a heads up, there's a chance we may cut this in half, depending on how long it ends up running. And It where... could be a two-parter. There's, it could be. It depends, kind of the flow we get through this, what we want to focus on, things. Because there are, obviously, some big moments of the show when it comes to certain conversations that are had, little moments. Because there are a lot of things they really like to focus on. Certain couples, certain events, themes, I guess, that they really follow. And then there's moments, like in an episode, we'll... You'll get one of the couples, you'll see them for five seconds, and you don't see them the rest of the episode. And by couples, we mean Kenny, Kenny and, and Kelly. Kelly. It's always the <laughs> Kenny and Kelly. Uh, just a heads up, by the way, too, there's going to be a shit ton of spoilers. So if you haven't watched Love is Blind... Uh... Watch first, then come back. Yeah. And if this becomes a two-parter, watch the first half, listen to the first half, watch the second half, listen to the second half. I mean, half. I don't even know how we're going to break it up yet. I guess it depends. And that's even if we that need to. True. So I guess we'll see. Big if. Also, speaking of anniversaries... We're recording this on the eight-year anniversary of the day that we met. Woo! And even weirder, I laugh about this every year because eight years ago today, at like nine o'clock in the morning, I put up a Facebook status that was like, first day of the rest of my life, NBD. And 
it ended up being true like for not the a way variety of reasons not yes. the way i intended it because the way i intended it was i i was auditioning for the real world that day so reality television dating weird how that worked out so in the end so you go from next day or the rest of my life to be on a reality show to end up it's the same day you meet your future husband who later on you have a reality show podcast yes with. yes that it's so weird it's so now, weird now just imagine if we were recapping all old real worlds Ugh, sounds boring with the exception of like three or four seasons mm. I, I was thinking like people are going to learn a lot about us as a couple though so i feel like this is kind of appropriate for closer to the one year anniversary because you're getting to know us even better than you've gotten getting to know to us through know you getting to know all about you what is that from from the king and i really yes from the king and i first broadway musical i had no idea i ever saw oh. on broadway and we're learning just like that. Look people. at that. We're learning about each other. Y'all are learning about us. That's I, one thing they say. In the, they're like, no matter how long you're with someone, you're still going to be learning from. You could be together 30 years and still learn something. Yes. So obviously we have a lot to talk about. Uh, I guess we should just we have to get into this. It's just there is a lot too to talk much. about. Oh, my gosh. So let's love is blind. For anybody who doesn't know, or again, probably watch the show first before listening to this. This was right before everyone? Right before quarantine, the beginning yeah. of the year. Which you know, because all these people are like super fame hungry now, that you can tell that they're real salty that they didn't get Tiger King slot. I Imagine. mean, this was huge news, though. This was like three weeks of people being riveted by, you know how things were going to end up yeah. even though i think there was only really one surprise uh, well two like medium surprises one complete surprise we'll get into stuff but yeah so pretty much i'm well here we go do we want to talk I'm about it now away, huh i think also one thing i want to Switch point out up. i guess i had this in my early notes but i don't you're not really you're obviously not into zodiac stuff at all and i am starting I'm to dip my zodiac toes killer stuff uh, chill <laughs> what it's intriguing miss true crime i know but saying i'm into the zodiac killer sounds a little what? much oh god that's what i'm saying it's zodiac just killer crazy. stuff so I, I am starting to delve more into astrology type things and something i thought was really interesting is that of the surviving couples like the couples who make it to their actual weddings it is almost entirely Fire signs and water signs. What is this, Pokemon? Yes. For anybody who is into this kind of thing like me, and I won't spend too much time getting into it, I just think that this, for me, informed a lot of behavior in terms of my research and what I'm learning. So let's see. It's obviously, it's really weird. It is very um, Aries dominated. Do you have them labeled? Because as we get introduced to them and they're in the pods, do you want to say what they're astrological sign is or do you want to just i'm gonna go i'm gonna go right off the bat and i just i mean okay. i'm not gonna go into full compatibility and all that jazz because that's not what we're here to do i just i just thought it was really interesting that almost everybody is either a water sign or a fire sign so you don't know anything about any of this right no i okay. just know pokemon so i just want to point out that mark pisces 
Jessica and Cameron are both Cancers, and Barnett and Lauren are are both Scorpios. Those are all water signs. Do you want to know what the water sign traits are? Because this, I feel like, describes all of them so well as people. Okay. Intense, sensitive, emotional. Just very in their feelings. Yeah. But closed off a little bit. They got... They got some shells. They got some walls built up. I feel like that defines well, I mean, when almost you, all of those people. Man, when you watch like Cameron throughout this, the intense part, but really emotional, quiet, held back. Right. Yeah. And then Barnett and Lauren walls up. Yeah. Don't want to be judged. Very but they are very sensitive. And Mark, passionate, thinks he knows what he wants more than you. Hmm. Like, but very like, oh, I'm emotional. I got a lot of feelings. Whatever. Yeah, we get it fucking we get it all the guy wants is some italian beef apparently so and then the other four out of the remaining five are fire signs so Gigi, amber and kenny barnes are all aries and kelly is a leo that actually makes a lot of sense because she's got a lot of pride in herself so the fire sign trades basically they are temperamental Moody, uh, just impulsive. Moody, little fires. <laughs> Good one. Um, yeah. So basically, if you, I mean, who fits the description of temperamental, impulsive, passionate more than Gigi and Amber? At least. That's true. Those two are fucking. That exhausting. sums them up very much. Exhausting, and then we see very a little well, bit of Kenny like much. that at the end. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a yes and for then, the majority. Of the traits, it hits them. It's it's, it's fitting, right? Yeah. And then the only remaining one is Damien, who I couldn't really get a full read on his birthday, but it seems like he is like me, a June Gemini, which does not make a ton of sense in my mind based on what I know about myself. <laughs> but there's a bunch of other factors that come mm-hmm. into play. Plus, we said that he he says like he wasn't really himself during this time, so that is true. But don't you think that that's interesting? I'm slowly getting his- Mike into the world of astrology. Little. I'll check my uh, horoscope once in a while. I read you, like, I read you your birth chart. It was interesting. See, we get, we ain't got shit else to do, right? Can you tell? When quarantined. Yes, when in quarantine, we will do what quarantiners do. I guess it's time to get into the actual show now. What did you think about watching it back, though? I think, like, let's start there. Watching it back, you learn, I'm, hmm, it's like, Obviously, we know what decisions are made. So watching this, you're kind of like, I know, oh, when they said this, it's kind of frustrating to try to put this into words right now. I mean, I can talk about my Like, like there's times where, like, the the things people are talking about, what they're being interviewed about, the way they're talking, you're like, everything is so like, oh, my God, I'm so head over heels in love, blah, 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 blah. And then in the end, shit changes. So when you go back, it's like, you're listening to, like, talk like this, and you're just like, you're a fucking liar. Like, I know. Again, you're allowed to curse on this show. I know. I don't know. I always, (laughs) I mute my own curses when I talk, I guess. Yes. I don't know why I do it. I know we're explicit, but but there's times where, like, now watching it, too, there's certain people, the whole time you know things are going to happen, but you're rooting for them anyway, or you're rooting against some. See, I personally felt like I'm glad we didn't do this on our first watch, because I think that there there's obviously certain things that would have been probably more 
dramatic reactions if we were doing this as we were watching it in real time. But for me, I think that this gave me a lot more empathy and insight into these people. Like there were a couple people that I came into even the second watch being like, I fucking hate you. And then by the end, I'm like, oh, now, see, that's where that reminds me of it. Yes. Whereas like there are people I watched on this and I was like, you know what? Watch this the first time. I hated you. Watch this the second time. I was a fan of you. I I wouldn't say there's anybody that I became a fan. Well, I guess there's somebody that I definitely like ended the show the first watch feeling like, oh, I like you a lot. And going through the second one being like, oh, I like you better. But I think if anything, for me, it was more like people who I left my first watch like hating and really considering the villain. I I feel more sorry for them now. That's yeah. And I, you, we don't get too many things outside of the show. Too. I like, mean, I know we've Googled looking up interviews and there's only to a couple people that, have, that I've yeah. tried to see updates. I mean, I, I follow all of these people. Uh, so I've been kind of keeping up with what's going on with them. We'll talk about a little bit what happened to them after the show when we're wrapping this up. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited to talk about it again. There ended up being a lot more to think about than I thought going into this so i planned this really poorly but i guess we'll see how we do on time it's this is just we're going into something different it's not like we're recapping every episode we're trying to do a whole season here yeah we're just which we're changes really gonna, things up a lot yeah because we're be not, like what are you talking about? it's like yeah it's, I feel it like messes with the structure we more or less we're coming into all the vh1 shows we've been watching with fresh ish eyes because yeah. we hadn't watched them since they aired this is we watched it like three four months ago so you know was like it even it's, that long ago? no i think it actually i lied like it was february yeah so it was two months about i mean maybe we'll revisit it in yeah. 10 years or whatever so who knows five years i feel like things will change since then. by season two i'm excited we'll to, to see rewatch. where a couple of these couples end up like in life where any of these people end up in life as a result of this is love truly blind so i think this is probably a good time to finally get into it yes so, why can't you? Episode one titled this. So, pretty much the whole premise of this show is, as you could tell by the title, Love is Blind. Can people form an emotional connection without ever seeing each other, getting engaged without ever seeing each other, and then they're going to bring in the real world aspects of life that may affect a relationship? You know, you get a quick little montage of all the people showing up. We see a lot of people who don't end up staying on the show. Yeah. A lot of people who literally get almost no screen time whatsoever. They were literally just there for the car drop-off scene. <laughs> and that's about maybe walking in saying, hello, hi. Yeah. We don't we don't get to really follow up with too many of these people. Like, you could tell there was enough going on with the couples that they were like, we don't give a shit about anybody else's dates. Let's that's talk really about, you know, the people who we're creating a narrative and the people for the rest of the season and it feels like the people who are chosen are the more conventionally attractive does that make sense in this situation i would say that skews true i don't but we also looking, don't know what they all look like because well, they looking don't show back us at the beginning for the most part like what's weird is like i don't think there was anybody that was especially unattractive like if they really wanted no, to do yes. this experiment I would get that guy I would, from 90 Day Fiance and throw him in a fucking pod. I would say like throw in some but I feel like then you're setting yourself up for like some very uncomfortable potential rejections. Yeah. Oh, it'd be like the doors open. 
nope. And then they have to close the doors again. Yeah. So I guess it's probably for the best that they didn't throw in things for whatever reasons. That's are true. Considered conventionally unattractive. But also I feel like most of these people aren't like so unrealistically attractive that it's nah, like they're you're not just like, kinda like or just there's something about you. I feel like all of the guys I would skew from like me not being interested at all to just something about them not being it for me. Just something not They're missing the it factor. Not quite clicking, you know? Okay. It's not quite clicking. Although a couple of the girls fall into your type. Looks well, it's, wise. it's like you've tried to get up. You're like, well, which one? It's like, well, you bring in personality, it changes everything. Yeah. But no, because you've Although always been, would... you're like, looks wise, who? Now, tell me. I, I don't know, because I feel like free. I, I mean, they've all got, with the exception of Jessica, they all got pretty solid boobs, so that automatically makes them your type. <laughs> Blowing up your spot. Hello, world of listeners. No, I know you've asked me like a million times. Well, we can get into it when well, we we'll learn talk about it when we start are. to get to know them. We also get to meet our hosts, yes, Vanessa is- Manillo and obviously Nick Lachey. Yeah. Who is he saying the- obvious? He's saying obviously to only the millennials. I refuse to believe that doesn't Gen he- Z cling- he- knows 98 degrees at all. He doesn't he only say that at the reunion? No, he says it in oh, the beginning. Oh, that's right too. now. Oh my and then God. I think he makes I think when he says it at the reunion, I think it's a joke to the fact that he People said People are like, "Yo, you actually said that, you dumbass." yeah well anyway well it says i wrote enter nick and vanessa i said or rather vanessa nick she is more of the host here i have to say but she's got the hosting chops she's good at it because it's also funny given our background talking about lala because they were obviously vanessa and lala were both trl hosts yes and i just want to preface this by saying i'm rooting for everybody black but I always thought vanessa was the superior host she is just a she has a natural gift for like interviewing people and talking to people being a host yeah Yeah. whereas lala's like good at being friends with famous people yes so they now the guys are all in their i don't know i don't want to say room they're all in their common area common area uh the women are in theirs and they kind of do a little montage of them explaining what the experiment is and also like maybe they have to make it dramatic first of all i just want to I don't want to say apologize for my hot takes, but just like as a preface, like I've I've got a lot of strong opinions on things. If you've been listening to this podcast at all, you know that. But like, I feel like I'm going to take a lot of stances on things that people might fundamentally disagree with for this a variety is, of reasons. This is what's going to so turn this, this my, into a two-parter. I know. So I, or just like. Or save them, we'll record them, and then part two will be Sonia's hot takes. I mean, or just giving us a bunch of feedback because my first thing and some of this Uh-oh. is just because Already? it's just i can only speak from my dating experience my experience as somebody who's hasn't dated anybody in now eight years i mean like so that happened we started dating pre-tinder pre-bumble yeah. Any all of the apps really. at least the ones for straight people and I mean, like, is dating on the internet that big of a thing where they're like, we've taken away your devices and in a world where people swipe and... Well, no, yeah, the like- whole point of... Ooh, look at me getting all hot. Hot take at Sonya. No, the whole point of that is, as they say, it's literally to do that just so they can form the connection and not have any distraction whatsoever. I know, but I'm just saying that they drive the point home it, between the talking heads from the contestants to, like, the host's spiel in the beginning... It's all about like we've taken away your devices and oh dating so hard in a digital age and all this stuff. Like, what did you expect to meet people at the fucking soda fountain? Like, uh, you know, soda fountain. 
I'm so, what? Just like retro dating. I'm like, that was the first thing that came to mind. Want to go get a pop? Yeah, like go to the sock hop and neck at kissing point, you know? Like, I don't know. I'm saying old timey dating. Oh my thing. God. Oh my God. All right, so. Anyway, uh, what Vanessa, they'll be doing. Yeah, so yeah. Vanessa and Nick explain what's going on. Uh, pretty much as I was saying before. Pretty much, they're here to meet someone and marry them without ever seeing them. Uh, they mentioned that this is going to be a relationship based on emotional connection. Will they form an intimate bond? Uh, as Sonya mentioned many times and has a very hot take about, they took their devices so there's no social distractions. They will only interact in the private pods that are separated by a thin wall. They will not get to see each other. They get to choose who they want to spend the time with, which I don't know if I agree with. It seems like they all... I don't know if they go, hey, go to pod four at like five o'clock tomorrow. Well, it's probably like speed dating. They probably just... Oh, wait. How they meet like once they decide when they, they want to keep dating yeah, like each other. Hey, I want to keep dating. Oh, I don't know. Because I feel like that's the kind of questions that I would love to know more about. But like I didn't seek out to read. But like also, I feel like they yeah. should have just addressed that in one of the reunions or something. Yeah. Like there should be a behind the scenes thing. I want to know more about it. But I also don't... Like I wanted to have heard more about yes. it already. <laughs> so we also find out... Uh, if they want to spend more time with someone, they get that bond. They will propose. They will leave this part of the experiment as an engaged couple. And they will have a wedding date set, which leading up to that wedding, they will move in together. They'll meet family and friends. Uh, it's roughly, I believe they said four weeks. But yeah, it's about the way month. the days are. Yeah, it's about I a month. Yeah. Um, we say, you know, will you say I do or will physical realities in the real world sabotage and will you walk away forever? Is love truly blind? Uh, but then they tell them, hey, guys, go walk through those doors because the pods are now open, which, you know, we start getting a couple talking heads from people we're going to meet over time now for, you know, we uh, I've literally wrote Jessica talking head who we learned to hate, at least through the first watch. We'll get I, more opinions through the second. I don't think I ever really hated Jessica. We'll talk about it at length. And we're going to not There's annoying. To- there's things that She's are annoying certainly throughout. super fucking irritating and deeply yeah. like needs therapy, but I don't hate her. Like the fact that pe- so many people came away from their first watch of Love is Blind being like, oh, Jessica's the worst. Like, fuck Jessica. No, I don't. I don't think that that's right. I don't. I don't agree with that. But Can't really she say that about anyone. Gratingly irritating, and literally from the first time we meet her, she is talking about how high her standards are, how she only dates, you know, one to five years, one older, to five years older, primarily only athletes, and she does tell us for the first of many, many times, y'all, she's thirty-four years old. She wants kids now. I don't even know if that's it. I don't know what the fuck she wants. Call we JG Wentworth. We also meet babies. Mark, who they make sure to let us know right away, is a mama's boy. Oh, so we're getting into numero uh, uno here already. Because I was going to say, I have a side note that says Gigi looks good in this scene. I thought you'd appreciate that. (laughs) Did we we even see Gigi this early? This is when they're going into the pods and stuff, yeah. Oh. But we know who they are. We don't even meet Gigi until the next episode. Well, we know who she is because we've watched through once already. But yeah, we get the overhead shot of the pods, which makes this look like it was shot in like a gigantic warehouse or something. I don't know how I, I like I said, I it's have production questions, but also I don't really feel like doing the work to yes. get them answered. But yes, so as Sonya's getting into, uh, so yes, the first couple we do meet in this case, uh, or first date rather, is Jessica and Mark. Um, Basically, they bond over both being from Chicago yeah. and having dogs and being Christian. Did you so. mention the age difference? 
I mean, because that's she, a that's she a talks huge a lot about, focal point. Pretty much this entire. Well, I mean, she mentions season. it enough that if we don't mention it now, it's not like there's not going to be a lack of opportunities I, to bring true. it up. Um, yeah. So pretty much, we find out Jessica's never dated anyone younger. She's a huge Bears fan. She's she also makes Italian freaking beef. Freaking out that they're a different race. He's a white Mexican. Like he's a like. If we're gonna talk about Latinx people, how it's an ethnicity and not a race, which is an important distinction. He's basically a white person. So I don't know what the fuck she's freaking out about. What are you looking at me like that for? I'm not looking at you. I was going to say, what do you like? Like white passing? Is that what you yes, mean? Yes, white passing. Oh, okay. Because that's the whole thing. He says something in the beginning where he's like, oh, my high school, I was dating this girl in high school and her dad, like she told her dad that I was Mexican yes. and that he was surprised uh. that I looked like that. It's really, it's like he walks in the room and the dad's just like, huh. That's pretty much it. I mean, it's like, it's, it's an anecdote that kind of informs some of his like insecurities, I guess, but yeah. also. Well, the thing is, if someone someone were to pop up a picture and just say, like, what race or ethnicity do you believe this guy would be? That's because it's complicated. Like, I didn't want to spend this much time. No, we don't have to. But like, it's just basically like for anybody who doesn't know Latino, Hispanic, not a race. It's an ethnicity. There are all sorts of colors and races affiliated with being Latino. It's it's complicated. There you go. There's a lot going on there. Well, that's speaking of race. Sonia is always here to make sure we stay in our wokeness. Oh, God, don't give me that much credit because I stay fucking up. Yeah, but well, you educate me when I I know I need to learn if that makes sense. I mean, I do what I can. Yes. you know, I, yeah, I don't me. think I deserve anywhere. You're like my much. system update, like where you see it like on a phone. Update this app. It's like we update literally Mike's need mind. To That's Sonia. Please, I'm begging you. Google we are play. we are barely into episode I one. Know. <laughs> All right, so right now we'll we'll start breezing through. Speaking um, of interracial couples, yes, we meet Lauren, who is 32. And uh, she's had tells us that her mom is freaking out that her eggs are drying up. Yes, well, I, yes, I have all that written down. Uh, but there you go. She has pressure from her mom. She's ready for her husband, which then cut to Cameron. Who is in the other pod? He is from Maine. He is 28. He is a scientist. AI. He, because he's a scientist, he believes in this experiment. Uh, we learn that they can both cook. They both say they like each other. And then we get. They instantly have chemistry. Like, it is undeniable. Before I even knew anything about how the rest of the show goes, you just see some people are just truly. And I would They just lo- click. It just was so natural for them. It's kind of like, I think it's our weird. first watch through as well, we were kind of like, oh yeah, they're definitely going to end up staying together out of the pod and like go into the engagement and everything. Yeah, they just really, it just is like an ease that you can feel through the TV. Yeah. And I know that I'm going to be fangirling over them and I sound super biased because of obvious reasons. But just, I think, regardless of any relatability factor, I mean, there's a reason why they're the most popular couple outside of this show. True. Very true. Like, there's a reason. Because people can just tell that they really click. Mm-hmm. And it's the thing, like, you know, people ask, like, do you believe in love at first sight? And I believe that it's circumstantial. And Love at case- first sound. And, like, and the thing is, would I recommend to the average person, you know, getting married after knowing each other for a month? No. But if you guys really work together, then, you know, who is me to judge? Yes. 
Um, so now we just cut to a montage of random people walking also, through the room. Also, by the way, and... I could tell right away that he knew that she was black. I think anyone on the show would be able to tell. I mean, that's true. Voices. It's really, yeah. Well, cuts to the montage, and now, of course, you get the one guy saying, you sound African-American. Oh, my God. Then, hence, we never see that guy again, and then she does, like, a white girl impression. Can, I think that that's really hilarious. I'm white. That, that one, well, that was with Diamond, right? No, Diamond is Barnett. Oh, we'll yeah, that's that. right. That's right. No, this is Lauren and some Lauren older and guy some that's, guy. like, some CEO. I can't said. believe, like, that guy's one time on this show is him just being a yeah. fucking racist. Oh, are you African-American? I hear it in your voice, I think. What? I'm white. Which was funny. Yeah, that's it. Just is interesting, oh but like you that don't guy's, say things like that, that. Guy's one appearance on television is him being a, and it's like, like they racist. say, like if you're here because you want to build an emotional connection with someone, not see them until like whatever reveal day happens where the doors open, you need to kind of go into this. You're not going to ask about height. You're not going to ask about weight. You're not going to ask about, you know. I mean, I know at one like Mark brought up that his parents were immigrants and stuff. So yeah. it's like, all right, I get it. If things like that come up at a point, cool, but. This dude to literally just walk in and be like, yo, you sound black. Yeah. It's like, dude, I, like, like, what, what does that accomplish? Maybe ask how old she is. Maybe ask where she's I mean, from. For all, we maybe. Know that, for all we know that they did have a conversation and he just brought that up in the middle, but it just is like a weird thing to discuss. Yes. Uh, so next we meet Amber, who is 26. Ugh. She's very confident and she says she's cute, but can hold an intellectual conversation. She's, people are usually impressed that she can hold an intellectual conversation. Yes. Which... Uh, in which now... We meet Barnett, who is 27. He introduces himself as his last name. His first name is Matthew, correct? Yes. Uh, Amber was in the- I also kept forgetting, and every time she would call him Matt, like, towards the end of the season, I would be like, what? Who? His first name isn't Barnett. I mean, like, he seems, you know, in that in certain Southern communities, like, things like that- It it's sounds not, like it could be his name. Yeah. It's not unreasonable that that would be his first name. But it would also be weird if you introduced yourself to everybody you ever met as Feeney. I do it to a lot of people. You don't introduce yourself as I introduce Feeny. myself. You just let them call you well, Feeny with time. if it's friends of a friend, I'll go out. I'll just be like, oh, what's up? Like, I'm Feeny. And they, you know, not, I'll, they won't look at me and be like, oh my God, that's your first name? Like most, I've, uh, I'll just say like, yo, because like, it's my last name, but it's what everyone calls me. Like, my friends call me that. Call me Feeny. Yeah. I mean, God forbid I go, yeah, my friends call me Feeny, but you can call me Mike. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> that would be funny. Yeah. I mean, you refer- you always say that. I don't that know. In a, weird, dating, like... in a dating situation, would you introduce yourself as Feeney? Probably not. No, I would not. I guess like, well, he I guess he technically called himself Matt and said, but people call me Barnett. Yeah. But I would never call you Feeney. No, you would not. You're almost cringe at the thought of calling me it's by my like, name because it's not... weird. Right. I'm not why? your friend, damn it. I'm right, your I'm not your spouse. <laughs> We're not meant to be. We're not friends. We're not um... friends. <laughs> um. But yeah, so they, you know, we find out she was in the Georgia Army Guard for eight years. She snorts at jokes. They crack a cheesy sex joke, which seems to be a lot of their humor, uh, as we find out throughout the show. This is why I had the hardest time. Like, for me, I came away from my first watching of this absolutely hating Barnett. Hating him. First time watching, yes. Second time watching, I have it in my notes. I have it in my notes at a certain point where I'm like, watching him cry makes me feel good. From the second rewatch? But it, I change my opinion on him later. Oh, I get okay. a little yeah, bit I was more. Say, I really, get a little bit more empathetic. Really, later on. watching this again for all of them, I get a little more empathy. Except there is one. There's a well. We'll meet her sh- soon that I don't like. Okay. Well, we'll we'll get to it. Um. Then. So yes. So then now cut to the next meeting of Barnett and Jessica. He asks, "What's the weirdest thing about her?" And basically, she says that she likes sports. Yeah. 
I like so she, sports. I'm not like the other girls. I was yes, and she says that I like this or that. Like like, a like lot. liking sports is not weird. No. It's a pretty common interest. There even are no among, gender no gender if, roles. Is that right in this I mean, situation? Like it's heteronormativity. I guess I there you go. Like liking sports as a girl is not that weird. Exactly. It's not like not in 2019 or well, actually, I guess this is 2018. This was filmed. So like it, it's Either not way, that weird in the 20th century, right? 21st Cam century. Newton, what year is this? Cam Newton already got chewed out by everyone because he giggled when a female reporter. Should I say woman reporter? Female? I don't I'm I, sorry. Female reporter is fine, I guess. In this she case, mentioned like, something about ra- routes and he kind of like laughs and he's like, well, I'm not used to be asking or asked about routes by like a woman or something. Ew, and everyone's really? like, Wait. And like. You're talking, and that's you know, of course, it's like, yeah, there's a lot of women sports reporters, and that play sports. It's sports are if universal. You, it's not like they're but exclusive. But if you grow up, men. I mean, like there are plenty of men who become commentators who have never played the sport outside of like rec teams. And what makes a woman any less qualified? Well, I don't need to explain exactly. this to you people. It makes, yeah. but it seemed it, it was it was a very weird thing. Uh, you can then, tell that she can tell that he's hot. And I have to say, out of all of them, I think the two... It's hot. And if I was basing it strictly on voices and not about anything else going on, of the guys we meet, I think Kenny Barnes and Barnett are the two guys that I would think have the most attractive voices. Voices? Voices, yeah. Strictly voices. Hmm. That's a tough one. I have no idea on that one. Also, this is the beginning of actually no. I guess probably on her date with I Mark don't too. like Gigi's voice. We'll we'll get, we'll talk about that plenty. But let's just talk about Jessica's bo- voice right now because, and now listen, I y'all listen to me talk. You know that I switch back and forth between you know very Hillary v- Banks Valley girl, very you know New York City coffee, coffee basketball, and when you get an attitude, like, you get the like Jersey, Jersey Staten Island like. I've heard you say that even if, when it's just you and me hanging out, like you'll say something and I have to pause and I am not ever at a loss for words, uh, but I'll sit there and I'll just kind of like turn and look and be like, oh my God. That's what happens. Like you, you could film that, put it on like- You go to New York State school, you got parents on Long Island, you, you grow up in Jersey, you're going to sound like that. So It's like, where did that come from? Anyway. But I, all I do is make noises this, and accents All and of this to say, all of this to say, Jessica's voice- is the most bizarre experience. And what's so funny is how many times throughout the entire show, Mark goes, I fell in love with your voice first. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Because she goes from she goes from talking like this, like normal conversation to like baby voice. And like she tries to do the light, like trying to be sexy kind of voice. Who is baby? voice? Like, it's disgusting that men are conditioned to find baby voice sexy. It's gross and it shouldn't exist. <laughs> like. It's so, so weird. Sonia, anti-babies. I'm, I'm anti-grown no, women I know. talking like this. It's weird. It's not right. It's not natural. And how she switches back and forth between like her serious business. But it's like, yeah, it's weird. It's weird. I don't like it. Um, as here. Oh, actually, I think. Oh, no, I have it in my notes that Barnett thinks that she has the sexiest voice. And I'm like, that I feel like says a lot about you. There you go. But he cracks another sex joke because that's kind of what he does. I think. Well, he says and this becomes something that I'm more aware of during my second watch that he is really trying to be the most extra version of himself to find out which women are turned away by it and which women are like, yeah, I love it. I love it. It's great. Yeah. 
Which, yeah, now thinking about it too, it's it's not. He says that I want to say it's times, him playing the game, but it's it's he because he explains this actually in the reunion at some. He point. actually explains it a couple times, but really drives it home during the reunion. Yeah. But we're not. Let's not go there now. Because like, and that's why we say watching through the second time, and we'll get to it. Like, obviously, you start to pick up some him and multiple girls, and I'm like, oh, like. He is really just trying to figure out which one he wants to date more, which one he thinks he'll get along with the most. And, like, the way they they almost give him, like, I know, but it's almost like they give him shady editing in a sense. No. I think that uh, I have a lot of thoughts about Barnett in particular. But as we go on, because we get the jokes about what do you think? Well, she says, what do you think about dogs in bed? And he's like, well, I am a dog in bed or something like that. Ha ha. And then, you know, he has a dog, she has a dog, All right, they sleep so in the bed. I was going to say, so the first of my complaints about Barnett is Uh-oh. the joking thing, because I don't... All he does is joke. He doesn't have deep conversations. All he does is joke. And I wouldn't be... And granted, getting back into... That becomes a theme, am, though, of these I first just, few episodes. I'm a word person. I, like, my love language is, you know, words. She's words. I'm touchy-feely. I, I know. It's been a very rough <laughs> quarantine. Um... Like, I'm a word person, I'm a Gemini, I'm an English major, like, all this stuff. I, if I can't have a real conversation with you without you making jokes constantly throughout, like, I, I can't sustain that relationship. Like, yeah. there's a time to joke and there's a time to be serious. And I don't know, he just, he, him constantly making jokes. And that's he, where I could see why you hate him, because he actually it made says, me nuts, but I, all the girls like his joke. I have grown to be more empathetic about it. I still think it's annoying as hell and I still basically everybody on this show needs therapy for one reason or another but everyone in the world needs therapy it's I not mean, just yes, people on this show I mean yes but especially on this show we all need it especially <laughs> on this show um, we get some missed connections what do you mean miss oh okay you mean this oh, oh, I was about to say the jump into the montage because I know it's Cameron's asking about people yelling at dogs uh, Barnett is with Diamond and he says her name sounds like a stripper and she's just like, ah, uh-uh, that's it. It's over with him. I mean, um, not to sex work shame, but it just, it, like, what did he think he was trying to get across by making that joke? Maybe like, it was like a if, weird negging thing. Like, I don't know what the fuck that it's was. It's like him stretching to see, like, how far I can go with jokes till it, I'm sorry, you don't, her name is Diamond. Her name is Diamond. You don't. It, but you know you meant it insultingly. So it's yeah. like, you know, I don't, I don't like it. I don't really think a Diamond is a stripper name. I mean, I. I could like it's not out of the realm of possibility. No, if someone says like coming to the stage now, Diamond, I'd be like, oh, okay. It seems like a good um, alias name. If you're trying but to be I'm sexy. not. But if I met someone named Diamond, I wouldn't be like, oh, that's a stripper's well, name. I feel like you. I'd be like, oh man, I play MLB the Show, and I start playing Diamond Dynasty, and I'm trying to get my Diamond players. <sighs> yes, I feel like this I'm says a, a lot about a Mike. <laughs> but. Mike and his history with women. I don't know. But uh, instead of I thinking think, of strippers, I feel like stripper. I think that, like, I think stripper, like the traditional idea of a stripper name is you name yourself something that sounds Candy. fancy and exp- well, n- sexy, but like expensive. Okay. Like fancy. Like, like here comes Prada. Yeah. But I mean, she's not a stri- Not that there's anything wrong with being a stripper, of course. Sex but she is a professional basketball dancer, I think. Yes. That's what she does. She's like, yeah, she's a NBA team dancer. Yes. They don't say which team, but I think she's from, she might actually be from Vegas. Was she? Not sure. I don't remember. Sorry, everybody. There's only so much we could try to yes. write down. Um, And then we cut to another part my of My priority was not about where they're from or anything really about them. It was like, what are their signs? Yes. 
Um, and then we also have Carlton Amber and Carlton. Being bored she's to like, tears. I'm a tomboy and all this stuff. He eventually just actually gets up and leaves the room. Then, the, you know, we cut back. We're going to go to the separate rooms again. Cameron asks who's the favorites of the guys. The girls ask the same thing, which Amber immediately jumps in and says, Barnett. We go back to the guys. Somebody room. actually says something like, what if we have the same favorite? And Amber says, then I'm going to fight you. Which is a theme for her as well throughout this. Not that she's actually going to fight people, but she, everything's always like, then I'm going to kill you and this and that. Yeah. Um, so it's just montages back and forth, girls and guys rooms, them getting to know each other, asking questions like, is anyone a virgin? Is anyone, what's the most times you have sex in a single day? Motion of the ocean or size, all that fun stuff. And then we now cut to another member of the show, Carlton, who is 34. Said he is ready to date. The day goes into the pod, and Diamond is the one on the other side. He we needs find out she's probably the most he of anybody yeah. on this show. I and and I know you don't mean that in like a fucked up way. It's kind of like nah, like this guy. He, I feel like he learns that at the end, which is good that we kind of find out. Yeah, he definitely seems to have gone through a growth period, but yeah. He should have done of, it before getting into this. He has a lot he needs to work out he's got, within yeah. himself. But, um, I mean, you know. Then we find Diamond, who is 28, professional dancer on the other side. I think she's cute. I think she's pretty, but her voice, oof. She talks like this. Yeah. And it's really annoying to hear for a real... I'm glad we didn't have to go through a whole season of this. Not a, You sound like a Kardashian. They pretty much, you know, they talk about him. He's never been to Vegas. They're really feeling each I other I also stuff. haven't heard that he says to her, you're a different type of woman, which it's like, don't... If you're a guy who dates women, don't ever tell a woman that she's different than other women because it's shitty. Why? She's not like most girls. <sighs> it's not a compliment. I, like, it's, it's condescending and insulting and misogynistic and it's... It sucks. What are your feelings on when girls say it about guys? That's different. He's not like most guys. Well, I think that that is a short-sighted view of men, but I think that the implication of not being like most girls and versus what a... When somebody says that, they are saying that, like, women... They typically mean women are like materialistic like, women and, be shopping like, right kind of exactly thing. whereas like when a woman like says Kevin that to a man it's like you're not blatantly misogynistic gotcha so i mean it's not ideal but i it's there's very different implications very true um, so round this out he asks her for another date she says yes which we then cut to mark and jessica talking really quick uh, then Barnett talking to LC, who actually gets a good amount of screen time during these I, first few episodes. I liked her a lot, and I'm she sad seemed, that things didn't work out. She has a great personality. I think that she seems really down to earth. Like, maybe that's why it didn't work out, because she's too reasonable of a human being. She's someone I... It's like, I wish season two of this would bring some of them back. She deserves like, another op- She yeah. deserves another shot, because... Last chance, LC. Last chance at love. LC at love. So the first person, I don't know. so we basically see Barnett talking to the three women now, he's linked yes. up with through the rest of the pod. This is starting time. now the Barnett storyline with Elsie, Jessica, and Amber, which does carry along. Uh, he talks quickly about what he likes about all of them. Yes. He likes that Amber is scary. Yes. He thinks that Jessica is wife material and hasn't found anything wrong with her at this point. But which she's is, 34 and single, so what is wrong? But she says, that's mean. That's what he says. Oh. I literally put in parentheses, <laughs> he asks, what is wrong? Okay. Wow. I, I thought that you were 
saying that. No. It's, well, I Way wanted, to pay attention to the show. I also show. wanted to clarify for the audience. But uh, if I they watch, that, they know and being like, Sonia, how dare you? I thought that this was interesting that Jessica gives two different answers to different people. But Jessica's like, well, this is interesting. She says this now. And then the way her discussions go later on, she's like makes a whole point to be like, I'm not at a timeline. Well, interesting how that comes up later. But they bring up, you know, then he talks that Elsie is like free spirited oh. and happy, which is what he's looking for in a wife. I think that. Elsie looks like she could be a Cyrus. What is that? What is like Cyrus? Miley, like, like oh, Miley Cyrus. I was like, wait, what? She looks like she could be a like a Cyrus. Because there's yeah, a guess. whole family of them that are famous. Well, so. she is 26, so I don't know if she'd be the older or younger sister of uh, Miley. I think Miley is the same age. They'd be twins. Okay. Uh, but next... she wants love and she wants to get married. Uh, you know, then we cut back to Lauren and Cameron in a pot again. He admits that he feels strong as with her. She feels the same. They like the vibe and chemistry. She actually asked him the last thing that he cried about. Uh, he brings up when his mom was diagnosed with Parkinson's. He was also a firefighter for seven years. Which yeah. I thought was and really a scientist. Like, it's like, who is this guy? Uh, he you... is like, what fucking, oddly enough, because he's a scientist, what, could, what fucking lab did he come from? Because he's got, he's smart. He, if he was a firefighter for years, he's he's brave, he's strong, you know, and he is probably. I know that I just said it's not good to stereotype by gender. Wow. For a man, he is an incredible communicator. Like I think for even a, an well, adult, well, he's so he's very he's clearly an intellectual. Any adult human, he has an incredible, like, emotional intelligence. Like, he's very sure of who he is, but... And he'll his... communicate whatever the hell's on his mind. And I in a very intellectual, like, understanding, I've got, way. I've got more thoughts about this later on. Ooh. I just am so impressed by how... And I, like I said, not even just for a, a straight man, just for a human adult in general. Just the fact that he is so comfortable with how he's feeling and able to express it really well. Yeah. Like, that to me is the thing Emotional maturity. That is... He's not my type necessarily physically, but Hi, sweetie. his his personality to me is like perfect. 10 out of 10 couldn't be better. So if you were in the pods, you think it would be him that you'd maybe I think so. connect with? I would think so. Out of all Out of all of the guys personality wise, he is with Kenny a close second. But Kenny is probably the one closest to... To what I find most physically attractive. We haven't met Kenny yet, but Kenny is the goat of this show. I, think I love that's Kenny. A little, well, you also what? You also tend to side with men more in general. All right, who do you think's the best on the show? Then I think that he's great. I think he's fantastic. But like, I think like giving him goat credit is like all right. I was okay. Goat is an exaggeration. He is my favorite on the show because I think he number one he communicates very well. Number two, he's like the nicest, most understanded dude on the show, so it seems. I wouldn't say that. I would say that him and Cameron are tied for that. Cameron just gets a little creepy to me at times. I think just because he's very, like, chill We'll get to the moments where it happens. But But Lauren says that she's never talked this much about emotions in her life. Yes. And it's very cute that they go back. She goes back to the common area with all the ladies, and it just becomes very, like, tell me more, tell me more about how they cried. We both cried at that time. Tell me. All and right. then somebody go- somebody goes, so does that mean he's your number one? They fucking cried together in a pod, bitch. Think that goes without saying. <laughs> um, Yeah. 
<laughs> we jump forward, and it's already day three of the experiment. Mark and Jessica are in the pods again. They start to bond and say, we're going to ask the big questions. Uh, her last relationship with this a guy that was 41. I want to know how old she was at the time. That's also that true. Because you found out the ages they show on the show are based on modern as opposed to the I, time it was I'm filmed. I'm pretty sure. I'm um, not positive, but I think so. She, you know, she's worried about him being 24 because now he's in the position she was in. So maybe she was only 31. I mean, um, possibly. She's but super I think Christian. There's a huge diff- like, there's a huge difference because we talked about this at length while watching the show both times. And there's a big difference when there's a big when the in straight relationships when the guy is older than the girl or basically when the man is the older one versus when the woman is typically the older one mm. even in same-sex relationships i kind of feel like if there's a big age gap there's a little bit of like power i don't know i'm not the best person to be talking about <laughs> all of this but mark is a lot i don't think he gets enough credit for not really being the good guy that everybody makes him out to be it's interesting you know with all these discussions between tiger king and this show how somehow the women come away from this being the big villains and the men and joe exotic's like gigantic piece of shit no i'm basically not that the men are like no pun intended lionized but the the sympathy for some of the guys on this show feels a little unwarranted like, to the extent that the Except women are Kenny. villain. Basically, it's more just that the women come away as the villains from these shows when the guys do their fair share of not great Now, do you think behavior. that's due to shady editing or just the way society no, th- looks at society. relationships? I think it's a little bit of both. Okay. Skewing more towards society, but I think men get more sympathy for engaging in behaviors that aren't exactly healthy or encouraged either, but, you know. Mm. I think something weird about this date, though, is or just about Mark, I guess, as a person, is that he's got a tattoo. I think it's a cross, he said, right? And it, he's got his parents' initials, and then he's got space for, when for he eventually kids. his kids' names, which I'm like, that's a big commitment. Like, why, really. would you, why would you do that now, though? He just wanted to get the tattoo. He's got the plaque. The it's not even like he left space on his arm for, a, like, I mean, it's almost like when you buy a headstone in advance and there's no end date yet because the person is still alive are you thinking of that because we just watched kim's convenience i was thinking of that anyway but it's weird that that episode of kim's convenience happened to be the one we just watched if you're not watching kim's convenience watch that shit it's phenomenal hilarious she is slightly checked out i feel like during this date I don't know. They talk about, she says she wants three kids. He's down. It really seems at this point, she's so focused. And it's another theme of the show with the age difference that like, although they're bonding, she still doesn't necessarily think that they're going to be the ones walking out together, but she does go back and tell all the girls that she is really bonding with him. She's just very concerned about the age, but now we cut back to a Barnett and Jessica date. He enjoys talking to her. There's a lot of like that thing from the SNL Bachelor sketch where she, mm, I like that. That's that's the whole show, uh, and in that voice as well, mm, I where like it's like that. you said, like the baby voice kind of. And I like, just think it's really interesting because I guess I didn't really pay attention to everybody's ages the first time around. I was only really mostly aware of Jessica and Mark's age difference just because she talked about it constantly. Barnett is twenty seven at yep. the time that the show is on. And in my mind, as a soon-to-be 31-year-old woman, to me, there is not a substantial difference between 27 and 24. 
24 to 34, 27, 34, I guess. Like, I, like for some reason, Barnett being three years older than Mark is somehow totally okay, but... Because you don't get to that 10-year... A seven-year seven age gap is still kind of significant. For this situation, yeah. I think considering how... Uh, and I wouldn't say it's significant across the board. I don't even think 10 years is really that huge of a deal, but... I think the idea that she's so hung up on it for Mark, whereas she's not hung up on it for Barnett, is an interesting double standard. I think it's more so she's just not as into Mark as she talks about and says. I mean, from the get-go. I mean, right. She's She really finds any excuse throughout the entire show, which is part of why I don't think she deserves as much hate as she got. But we'll get yeah. into it. No, it's true. Um, Lauren and Cameron are the next date, and this is when no. they say, "Yeah, Barnett and Jessica." We didn't go oh, past wait. that, and then she tells, she goes, "Oh, she's between Mark and Barnett." Uh, yeah, that's it. Lauren and Cameron. Now, now we get to Cameron and Lauren. Yes, this is when they say, "I love you" for the first time to each other, and I thought it was interesting, and I feel like this perfectly sums up their dynamic through the rest of the show. Is that when it's finally said, he's sitting still, he's calm, he's easy breezy, nothing to it. She is like cringe. Like, and it's not even in a way that it feels not genuine. It's just you can tell she's totally uncomfortable it's saying that to a person. Yeah, it's something like, new for her. I mean, obviously, and, and it's not even, it doesn't even seem like she's uncomfortable saying it because she is like, Oh, I can't believe this. Is, it's so soon. It's more just like, oh, I can't believe I'm saying this to another human being. Her pause is funny, though. I thought it was funny. She says it. She goes, Cameron, I think I love you. Like the way she says it, I thought it was cute. Yeah, it was sweet. He says it back. And then, and then they're he's crying start, again. Yeah, of course. Oh, he's crying. He's even crying in his talking head. He's yeah, he's got a, he's got a lot of feelings. He's cancer. Yeah. He's got a lot of feelings. Then we go back to Carlton and Diamond now in the pods. Her biggest fear is getting hurt. He says he always projects confidence, but inside, it's not how he really is. Uh, and that's where we find out now where he admits to us, the viewer, that he has dated both men and women, but he's looking for a woman to marry now. Yeah, I... I it's not that I don't believe him, and obviously if he says it, it's true. It's just, I'm... I feel like he wants... It comes across... The only thing I think is interesting about this, too, and I feel like this is a very big indicator of how things go with them in general, is that... She's like, oh, like, I, I have a hard time. I forgot to check their signs, but she's like, oh, I have a hard time, um, like, being emotional like this. And he immediately has to snap into, well, how do you think I feel about it? Like, you know, not even defensive, but just, like, it's, like, his need to one-up her all the time about yeah. how he's feeling. She's allowed to express that she's nervous. You could just be like, oh, me too. Yeah. That's it. You don't need to be like, well, wh what about me? So we already jumped to day five. The days go really quick early on. Because obviously they just want to kind of breeze through these, get us to meet who the couples are. Mark's in the guys room right now saying how happy he is. And then you could see Barnett's face that he keeps making, that he's really into Jessica. But we keep coming back now, Mark and Jessica in the pods again. Yeah, from the get-go, he because we see a scene of him talking about it with Barnett, because they're both talking to Jessica. He does this throughout the show where anytime he's around the guys, he feels the need to like really prove himself. Yeah. No, he does have like the insecurity jumped out for him almost immediately to me. He gives the toasts and says stuff and it's like But not even that, it's like when he finds out that somebody else is interested in Jessica. Oh, like Jessica and I are really hitting it off, by the way. He does it a couple times throughout the show where he needs to like really assert that he's like doing the things he's hitting those same milestones that everybody else is hitting. Complex, and it's like relax. Maybe? Oh, 
where to begin he's literally a walking ball of insecurity and it is irritating to watch Mm. i have a lot of thought actually mark is probably the only one i have less of a good feeling about through this really well i didn't really have a good feeling i feel like he's a hopeless romantic that just kind of like went so all in with but i but it's interesting because we've got three two kind of types of he does a lot of the same i'll talk about this now fuck it i'll get it out of the way right away so we've got cameron and mark who are both kind of like hopeless romantics really into the woman that they're with and the woman is kind of pulling away Mm. the thing i like about cameron and his approach to this is that he seems comfortable just letting he's obviously afraid that if you know lauren eventually doesn't say yes and he's he's got he expresses his fears and his concerns throughout but like cameron is just so you know whatever happens happens mark is like no this is destiny this is how it's going to be yeah and when okay, yeah. Lauren expresses her concerns, you know, which are all valid and Jessica's concerns are valid, too. You know, I don't want to take anything away from anybody. Mark just has to, like, force how he feels onto Jessica versus Cameron, who is like, OK, I can understand why you feel that way. And like, you know, hopefully you come around. Mark does not deserve as much of the poor Mark edit as he gets. Granted, I'm a little biased because he reminds me of somebody in my real life that I cannot stand. <laughs> So I I don't I wanted to be transparent about it, but I I feel that like, is also true. You do kind of go into this with a little bit of a bias because of that. I, but not even just that. Like I just don't think that the fact that he well we'll we'll talk about it more. I spoiled way too much already. But Mark says to Jessica like, oh I knew, you know like right when I met you, all you needed to say was hey, and I knew that this was it. Like I feel like that's yeah. bullshit. Then he, that's bullshit. Like, no, he's, he's saying he's trying to be the guy that says the right thing at the time. Yeah. He got cheated on by his last girlfriend, which, oh, my God, the insecure, like added insecurity, just all of this. So insecure. Uh, but he says he tells her that he wants her. Uh, and he asks the spe- Wait, what does it say? If I were to ask you to spend the rest of your life with me, where is your mind at? And she and she's, hesitates. She's, yes. And she says, come a long way, but can see them walking out together. And I wrote that she does definitely seem on the fence about it and it's really because that she's all about barnett right now yeah it's um <sighs> and now we get back actually i the kenny aspect there's a gentleman on this show that we see only early on and in quick scenes I'm convinced but his he's name is rory he's like i'm mean, he's like he's got to be a plant like a production plant i was some thinking kind of, like, life coach but has I mean, to look, be he's in i think tech he's done like ted talks and stuff like i don't i think he's just he gives great advice He's always there. He's like, well, you got to do this. You got to be real with yourself and speak your feelings. And it's like, God damn you, Rory. Uh, but because he's talking to Barnett because Mark's in there saying how much, oh, everything feels just feels real now. Barnett's like, yo, Jessica's my number one. Uh, but he does say that he's stressed about opening up and afraid of getting hurt. Like, I, I it's just a recurring theme for him that happens throughout Lord and Cameron, we can kind of breeze through. I feel like I breeze through most of their scenes because I'm like, yeah, they get along really well and they're forcing this kind of through the rest of the show. They kind of force issues that weren't really between as, them. No, yeah, that like was they, they yeah. are really am- ramping it up. They could have production value. They could have ended them on this episode and not shown them until the finale and everything would have been fine. Yeah, because this is really just 
He's happy as hell. She's happy as hell. He gives a nice little speech to propose. Yeah, he proposes. It's really And it's she really says great. yes, and just like that. I, I do love that she says that she's had meals in her fridge longer than she's known him. Yeah. But... They she goes in the room screaming, engaged. I'm engaged. He goes back in the room. The guys start lifting him up and jumping, singing, he's a jolly good fellow. Do they really? I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, they picked him up and started singing for he's a jolly good fellow. Jessica is feeling multiple connections. Can her and Mark work in the real world? But Barnett has progressed so much with them in their relationship, uh, which is Barnett and Jessica. It's the last date of this day for each of them. And he gets real serious here. He says, don't blow smoke up my ass. She's like, what are you, mad at me? Wait, I have this in as Jessica and Mark. Is this Jessica and Barnett this last date? This is Jessica okay, and Barnett. Okay, so I screwed something up. Uh, but I just think this is interesting that he blames the fact that he's being so emotionally distant on her. Yes. And says, like, oh, like, Mark is going back in the room and saying you have really strong feelings for him. Like, how do I know that you're not saying this to everybody? And she comes right back and be like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, like, all the girls are going on about you. And she's like, army girls are about to kick my ass. Yeah, like, he, he's... <sighs> and then he drops the line, of course. If there were no other guys or girls here, I'd propose to you. I'd be like, so if you were pretty much... They told... The production company says, you're getting thrown in a room. You're going to talk with this one person. No one else ever. He says throughout, propose- though, that he considers her wife material. Like, he says throughout that she's... Like, that's his number one. So I get why he's it just was kind of an irresponsible thing to say i just think it's interesting that she this is like the tipping point for her and we found out she goes full morello from orange is the new black after this point that's the like i that's what i realized at a certain point like she's really holding on to this one thing that he said that probably was said in various rooms by various people throughout this whole time i also think it's kind of weird that she said nobody has ever said this to her before like, nobody, you've never had a serious, you're 34 and you've never had a serious run, uh, relationship that somebody said, I want to marry you, or, like, I could see myself marrying you, or anything like that? Well, maybe she had, and she's just kind of- She's not this. reacting like she's had, and she That's says true. straight out, nobody, she says multiple times, nobody's ever said that to me before, so. She might have had some more complicated- And Jessica says, you know, if you need me to pull the plug on the other thing, I will. She did, yes. And he's just kind of like, oh, yeah, definitely do it so I can keep my options open pretty much. What a piece of shit he is. Uh, And then we cut to kind of a happy moment now at the end that Lauren and Cameron, we find out, are going to see each other and meet for the first time. They're both all dressed up, looking dapper. We have to She is looking good as well in her green dress. Yeah, no, that dress, she looks spectacular. Yes. It's kind of like, all right, I think you're number one on my list. I think she's the most, I think she's the prettiest of all the women that go through. Because you you asked me this like literally almost every episode. I know. Who's your number one now? What do you think now? Who's your number one? She's probably, I would say, yeah, she's probably number one. But it's also your factoring in, I mean, personality aside, like if we're talking strictly looks, because obviously personality, she wins by a mile, but it's, the bar is really low. I mean, her body is killer. Yeah, her body's fantastic. You know, she's very attractive. Yeah. It's difficult to, because there's moments where you look like Amber's really attractive, Gigi's attractive. All, no, believe me, all of the women are beautiful. Yeah. I just think to me, she is the best looking. Yeah, I would say there's moments, she's probably one. And then there's moment Amber's probably two, but there's moments where Gigi, and there's like angles where it's like, damn, like she looks really good right there. 
And then they cut to a different angle. And I was like, yeah, she's still really pretty. But there was something about that. It's like going through a freaking photo shoot. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I I just think that. Not to sound. I don't brilliant. want to sound misogynist. Do I sound misogynist saying that? I don't know. I tuned out at a certain point. Oh. oh well, there, <laughs> well, there you go, everyone. That's kind of just our relationship summed up as a whole. I mean, Sonya sorry. just tunes out eventually. The ADHD, though. I thought this was really funny. We we the two of us had a good laugh about this. That she it's her first time kissing a white man, and she's concerned about lip proportion. Yes, uh, I knew. What did I write? I, I think wrote, you did write about oh, that, it. Well, that's because it Certainly comes up. A hurdle because we're getting into that's they end episode one right there. Before they meet, they're standing at the door. Shit comes up. We enter episode two, which now leads right into Sonya's joke about my thin lips. Although I did look at my ancestry DNA and it ends up, I don't think I'm German. Not as German as you thought no. now. Yeah. I was like, holy, I saw it as you gotta be fucking kidding just me. Just mostly English, Irish. Just... Yeah. English, Irish, Swedish, I think was the other one. We get it. You're white. It's um, just, this is like. I'm telling people why I have thin lips. Leave me alone. I think they are very aware of how white you are based on like everything else you've ever said. <laughs> I just love the way he looks at her. I have it in my notes, like, from the time, he just, he always, like, find somebody, like, literally find somebody who looks at you the way Cameron looks at Lauren, because he just absolutely adores her. You can tell. He really does. Just the, it's just, oh, I want to say it makes me believe in love, but then I remember that I'm married. Wow. <laughs> that sounded mean. I don't know. The mean truth shall mean. be revealed. Just, like, I, it's just, I, I'm just so amazed by them. Just, I, I don't know. Wow. That sounded meaner than I it meant It does. It. You're making fun of my lips because the whole first time kissing a white man thing. Then you say you don't know if love is real. No! Now it's, that's not what Meanwhile, I mean. you're married. That's not what I mean. I just, it's, I guess Jeez. after you've been in a relationship for so long, I don't know. Just the way they look at each other is just so nice. And yeah. You stop think, looking at each other like I that. I think I'm going to keep moving on. I thought, then, well, no, there is one thing I think that I can relate to is that she talks about her nervousness around dating a white guy not so much for you know how the world is going to feel about it or anything but she's like you know i am pro black like i am very serious about black issues and like do i come off as a hypocrite by marrying a white person and that is something that i struggle with sometimes like those feelings like am i actually committed to it am i can, I don't am think, I showing to yeah. people that I am aligning more with my white side of me, you know? But yeah. then at a certain point, it's like, why do I care so much about what people think? Like, I exactly. love you, and I think that that's really all that matters. When, yes. Love, relationships, it's just about... I'm also spending my time educating one white man, so I'm sending one not bad one out into the world. There you go. I'm a... Yeah. I'm say, I think I'm a pretty good guy. Yeah, no, you're great. You're fantastic. I'm going to bury you if you weren't, like... But no, I look at it as in this case, I mean, I guess this is just the outside perspective of, you know, a cishet white guy, but her, like, I don't think she should feel any, I understand why she does, but I don't think that but she I don't should. Think, but I think, same on, in your case, you're with a white guy. It's like, yo, like you just vibe with people, no matter what their race is. It's just about when you get to know them as a person where the rest of them stand, you could look at someone of a different race and be like, oh my God, they're so attractive. You know, then you go talk to him that, you know, it would be like, in this case, say she goes to him and she's like, oh my God, like he's a good looking guy. Let me go talk to him. The first thing out of his mouth is like, you know, oh, like, oh my God, you're black. You know what I mean? Like something I stupid. Like then it's like, all right, like now 
that's a terrible example. It really is. I just but it's about if he's still I, I, in agreement about black issues. I mean, but it's just it's it's a lot more complicated than that. For the and, person, obviously, that it affects more. Yeah. That's why I say, like, I understand it. It's just more so, like, same with I say to you, like, don't feel guilty being with a white guy, but you're going to have those, me saying, don't feel it, isn't going to change it. That's like telling someone who has depression, like, don't be depressed. Like, you're not going to change it. Like, they're going yeah, through shit. Just, and they feel things. It's complicated. So we get some quick scenes of the guys just chilling. Mark is doing the most. Barnett's making stupid jokes. And we get a talking head from Carlton that's like, oh, I was always the superficial guy who needed to be with the supermodel. And, like, that's what this experiment is supposed to break me out of. <sighs> I just, I... Carlton is just tough because I feel like he's doing he he's another one that's just like a walking ball of insecurity it's just his insecurities like I feel more sad about like I feel like Mark's insecurity comes from more of a place of entitlement about prioritizing his own feelings and Cam Carlton's is more about like internalized homophobia yeah. and guilt related to that that's what i was trying mm. to say earlier but i just couldn't find the words quite right yeah. is like a lot of carlton that we see at this point in the show is just and just i feel like even the way he says like oh i really i, I decided i want to be with a woman now not to say that he doesn't and i really don't want to take that away from him and all of that it just it comes across as in projecting internalized homophobia yeah well, because he does. Look, what does he say? But I mean, like, I'm like, I'm not more, LGBTQ. Like, I'm not, like you know, I'm cishet. I'm in no position to judge. And I'm and not to take it away from him. And I, I, I am sighing because I feel bad for him. I feel sorry to have to carry this kind of burden in your life because I've never had to come out to anybody. I've never had to have those kinds of reveals with people. And that is something I could never. Neither of us could ever understand. Yeah. And it has to to be, and and like, I can only, I can only imagine how difficult that has to be with somebody. So while I'm frustrated with him, I'm like, oh, he needs therapy. It's because I, I feel so sad that he has to But you also don't mean it like, go get help, you loser or anything. No, No, you mean it like, yeah, because I feel so sad that he has to carry that burden and just so much of everything, even down to his appearance, just comes across as like, I need to be something for other people. And and he assumes other people are going to reject him, but we will talk about that And everything everything he says or does, that's always in the back of his mind when he says or does anything always but now we now we meet Gigi and damien for yes. the first time and oh her, my well, god Gianina. but yes i you also wrote her can, as Gigi. it's just easier to say Gigi. Um, uh, that sounds racist but like is, it's just wow. her initials are Gigi. she is 25 uh what's important he says family wants someone to walk by his side oh my god they talk of, about butterflies from about the get-go we can't fucking equals uh he is 27 this is damien so in that closer age range, uh, they Just tell each other they like each to other. Their conversation, which I think that they show us. But I just feel like, in general, which I feel like is, I feel like that's the case with a lot of younger couples I see, or like early relationships. Is you're just like, oh, like you. They're both very idealistic people, and that shows in the way they communicate with each other, and ultimately why their relationship hits some rocky territory. There you go. That's a way to put it. So we get the quick cuts here of Carlton saying he loves Diamond. Uh, cuts them in the pods talking, which leads to him actually proposing to Diamond. Yeah, I thought... Th- and the one thing I really loved about this was Diamond tells this really incredible story about how when her father passed away, ladybugs were always kind of her sign and that she saw one that morning. Like, I got yeah. chills when she told this story, even though we- watching it the second time, we know how it goes. But... 
I mean, it's it's interesting kind of, and this sounds so stupid, but like in the same way that like the sign of like the post that I made where it was like, oh, that's funny how it worked out, even though it was not my intended interpretation yeah. of the manifestation. Like, I mean, her life did change that day. Like maybe it was her father telling her some kind of sign or somebody from beyond giving her a sign, but it's in a different way. I but- mean, sometimes you just kind of need that. In a sense, whether you're having a tough... I mean, I remember there was one time, just a real quick... I'll go through this real quick story. But I forgot where you and I were going, but I picked you up. I got in the car. From my perspective, you're, you know, my best friend died, or one of my best friends died when I was younger. My uncle died and your father. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those where we've always had the songs artists or songs, them, yeah. exactly, like the sign songs, as we say. But I get in the car and it was, I was having a rough morning. And the first thing that comes on is uh, what I got, which was always like the song for one of my best friends that died, followed by Biggie, which is my which dad's was your song. dad. And I thought to myself, I was like, man, like, this is really crazy that I get back to back. And I'm like, I want. I wonder if I go to classic rock right now, if I'd get my uncle, which would be uh, a Leonard Skinner song, because he was a big Skinner fan. And I went to the classic rock station, and at that moment, literally as I pressed to it, the Skinner song started. And I was just thinking to myself, like, damn, like I was having a rough day. I believe in some sort of a spiritual universe, and I felt like there someone was looking out for me that day to like, yo, like wake the fuck up, Mike, like. Don't be upset today. You're alive. Any one of those songs are going on their well. own would be nuts, but just the just fact a, that you yeah, the There are times where, where you have the tough time and all of a sudden the song kind of comes on and I'm like, all right, thank you, thank you. I needed that. You snap out of what you're going through at the time. And to go one, two, three, all like that was freaking crazy. Um, yeah. All right, so let me end that, me and my freaking moment over here. No, it was nice. Where, I mean, like I said, this was a time for people to get to know us, but I am true. going to say probably this is going to have to be multiple parts because we're in the middle of episode two and it's already over an hour. Yeah. So. <laughs> so we might. What we'll we see. Thinking? We'll, we'll two see. Two hours each. All right. So we cut now to Kelly and Kenny who we meet. Kelly's 33. Kenny's 27. Wait, we. I just want to say like, because I feel like both times we talked about Carlton and oh, expressing his sexuality is that he hasn't told Diamond yes. yet. And he doesn't know when the right time is. He doesn't know when the right time is. Thank you for reminding and us. And I think, well, because I think that that's an important thing to discuss is, again, like I said before, that has to be an incredibly difficult thing to have to deal with. And, but he says at this point, I'm not going to let my insecurities about past situations, like, screw me up and you know yeah. i'm not gonna hold on to this and make it an issue but and it'll come up later but it's but i do have to say yeah. one last thing is like she says they do a couple shady music moments throughout the show but a couple you mean of, it throughout you mean every single well, I, moment when well, it changes you can curse but like i Sorry. think that diamond diamond says this is the happiest day of my life and literally the next line from the song that plays is if you only knew or something like that. Wow. Shady editing. Wow. Like I always feel like when something sad happens, like the line comes out and like literally scene cuts to go to something else. And it's like the I tears run down my face. I and it's like, what the no, fuck is going on? No, not even where it's, it's more foreshadowing. I feel like a lot of the ones I picked up on are more foreshadowing. There's a, there's a scene in the movie Basketball like this where uh, Trey Parker is driving the car 
and the song is perfectly describing everything he's going through. That is the soundtrack to Love is Blind. Something happy's on. It's like, I just proposed and now I'm going to get married. And it's like, why is this song so literal? Um, then we get, we is cut this to the Kelly. first time we get yes. Kelly and Kenny? As individual interviews for like their story, yes. This was interesting because I feel like the first time I watched this, I spent so much of the show, like every time there was a scene of them through the rest of the show, I was like, oh, right. I forgot that they were a thing. Yes. But now I'm like more aware of them, I guess. Watching it this time, very much so. I have and the a thing lot is, of yes, thoughts about them. Because this is one where I sit there and I go like, oh man, like I, I hate, I get mad and I hate Kelly at a point more so because like when we watch, like we sit there and we say, I know my whole go thing this before is again, all that. I was it's an exaggeration. Say, Kenny's a, he seems like a really, really down to earth This again dude. is like, I feel like the fact that you have such strong, I mean, granted, she I She has her own issues though, which I've now like, I was going to say, because you've got a lot kinda, of anger towards Kelly that I feel like she doesn't really Because she hurt deserve. my boy Kenny, yo. I know, because no, you always has, side with the man. She has a lot, and you always side with the woman. I know, but women deserve it more. This is where, when you also watch this, Kelly does have a lot of her own issues where like, after reflection and looking back on it, you're kind of like, all right, like I see why I things happen. And theory, I do feel, I have a theory about Kelly. I was not clocking this the first time because to me, their, their results came out of thin air, but I have a theory about Kelly that I cannot wait to reveal. And it does get justified sort of towards the end. Interesting. All right. So well, we find out she's 33. He's 27. I they just think it's f- interesting. They bond basically over feeling very alone. Yes. That's really what it is. That's, I think, very telling about really all of these people, because I think a recurring theme is how many of them feel very lonely and how many of them are afraid, like so afraid of getting hurt that they run away from challenge. Yeah. Like they run away from something that feels right. This it's like, oh, this might be difficult. Which I feel like says ah. a lot about them and a lot of the kind about the kinds of people that they got on this show. Or just like the kind of person who would sign up for this show. And I don't mean that judgmentally. Yeah. I think it's a fascinating experiment, but like I think it's interesting that it is such a recurring theme for people who who have such unhealthy attachment issues are the mm. ones that end up going through. It is to true the watching end. this back now though. The second time, when you really take that reflection, is like, we watch it the first time, it's like, all right, I like this person, I hate this person, blah, 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 blah. But it's kind of like, I don't really hate any of them. No, I shouldn't say that at, at all. all. You know, it's like, because you learn throughout this, whether people say bad. I do or like, I, I don't. Just... Yes, you feel, because you realize all these people have their own, just like any human being, I, like, we, all we all have our own issues, yes. And they have their own where this is the reason it did work out or didn't work out. And you're kind of like, I need to accept that. And then, like, as much as like, oh, this person's a fan favorite or whatever, it's kind of like, nah, yo, like, they're still their own individuals and you need to respect, like, what they're going through and their thought process and all this. Because it's not like they did do anything, like, fucking, you know, fucked up. You know, society-wise. No, like, they didn't do anything mean, and I think they're not sexist. Nothing they're not anybody did. Racist, they're not. Yeah, felt like complete blindsiding, despite how everybody treats them. I mean, it's. I don't think they're that bad, y'all. Like, I think that they're just people yeah. who really want to be loved and need therapy really bad. I just want to be loved. Is that so wrong? What it's is a, that? It's from? a John Lovett SNL thing, I believe. It was a terrible impression, oh, so I'm going to continue Lovett's. on and say we go back to the girls' room where Amber and Jessica are talking. It's, of course, it's about Barnett. She's real extra, Amber, about it because she's like, I know other girls have feelings for him, but like he's my one and that's it. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And Jessica says that she's not phased. Although we tend to find out later that I guess 
at some point, Elsie and Jessica, not Elsie and uh, Elsie, Elsie and, Amber. and Amber agreed not to talk about their dates with Barnett at all, which I'm like, all right, it, and Jessica should have been in on that as well. Where it's like, Jessica if, don't give a if fuck. you know you all like the same person, let's just not talk about the dates with them. And let's kind of get to a point where it's like, yeah, whoever he chooses, which is kind of like, it reminds me of, but I think that these, the golden girls, when they're with that artist guy. Yeah. And it's kind of like, yo, this dude is a scumbag, but you're all saying, well, which one of you were choosing? And I take that back. I don't think Barnett is a scumbag. No, I don't mean it like that. I just mean it as where it's like, say there's, you know, or that boy is mine. It's like, Someone could be cheating on someone with someone else. It's like, well, which one are you were choosing? It's like, no, you're a bad person. And I'm not saying Barnett is. I'm saying the way they cut and edit the episodes to make it seem I just think it would be more considerate of everybody if, like, y'all, if you know you're feeling stronger about the same person that, you know, we don't. Just don't discuss it. Yeah. You're on in an experiment. You're on a show. Like, it's not like it's the real world where you're all three friends in real life and shit's going down. So then Amber we get, says it's Barnett or Bust as well. I said I said that already. Rewind. The love. Uh, but now to Barnett, who says it's down to the three, and he's connected with the three who we just discussed, Elsie, Amber, and Jessica. He does say something to Elsie that's to the effect of, like, when I propose... Honestly, I would have loved to see what their relationship would have been like. I, I. She's uh, personality wise, she might be my favorite on the show. Yeah. Like, she's someone where if you sit there and you say, if you were in the pods, who do you think you'd connect with most? I might say her. Yeah. I think that she is a good balance of being down to earth, but still, you know, has her wits about her. Like, I don't, I, I liked her a lot, but we only see her very briefly. So who knows? He is concerned. His hesitancy and why she seems to be in third place in his mind is that he's afraid of marrying himself in girl version, which I don't totally understand why that's such an issue. It makes no sense. But, you know, emotional maturity is not a strong suit among this crowd. He, again, brings up that he's terrified of Amber and that's what he likes about her. It excites him. And he says straight up one of several times that he says this. If I don't propose to her, I'm afraid of how she'll react. Well, you, it's like Which the producer. Which is a great way to go into a marriage. I mean, the thing is, too, though, like every single fucking joke she says later on throughout this whole experiment is involving like, it would be like, well, if he didn't propose, I'd kill him. You know what I mean? It's okay. always like physical. Look at the thing with even Jessica comes in and goes, oh, my God, Army Girl will kick my ass. Yes, because like, well, the that's theme around makes... Amber is that she's always going to kill or beat someone up. Yeah, that's an Aries, I guess. That's Gigi a blow is the pop. Same way, anyway. Like Gigi's the same way. So. But they cut to the girls. And room. then wait, hold on, because then he also says about Ooh. Jessica. Uh, he he admits that he told her he was ready to get married and he would choose her, and again that she's his number one. Yeah. And the way he did say the proposing thing makes me think like he's not saying like I'm going to propose to you the way that Jessica's all in her head about it. But I do understand why she would be kind of set on that because it's pretty much like he's I mean, saying she's the number the one. The thing is, I had. Ugh. I had an incident in my past where a guy I really liked said that to me and I was like, oh, cool. Like, he really likes me. And then and then we got married eight years later. (laughs) No, I know. Yeah, Yeah. that was totally the anecdote I was going for. I know. No, I mean, I had an incident like that where a guy really like told me that and then it didn't work out and he kind of started backing off after that. But it is a reckless thing to say if you don't really see that with somebody. But also my hanging on to it, I was 20 years old. 
So, and she's 34. Big difference in emotional maturity at this you point. You would think. Or maturity in literally every sense. Right. So, I mean, I I get where she's coming from, but also I'm like, girl, like, chill. Like, relax. Jeez, relax. I'm not saying that I went full Morello at all, but, like, it definitely does. You think to yourself, like, oh, okay. Like, this person means it, but then, you know, whatever. It's fine. But we cut to the girls' room again, where Jessica and Diamond are talking. I thought this was really funny, because Diamond doesn't bring up to Jessica, but brings up to us the awkward moment of the stripper comment. She's like, She's I, like don't I don't understand get why it. everybody's so interested in him. Yeah. And that's exactly how I felt about it. Um, Which leads to Mark. But wait, really quick, she says, Uh-oh. Jessica tells Diamond that, like their relation her relationship with barnett went somewhere it's never been in a relationship before and she talks about how she wants to be friends with mark oh she brought up the friends thing yep Ooh. oh yeah it has feelings for mark but it's different and that's what i was saying at one point i think to you i was like damn jessica and mark actually do seem like they'd be good friends so my theory about this is they have a very work husband work wife dynamic yes that's a that, great way to put it. It is. It is totally because it's like slightly flirty. There's some chemistry there, but not enough to sustain an actual relationship. Exactly. Only if you see each other. Where for it's a few like there is clearly like caring, deep feelings there, but like it's it's a but it's it's stronger than friends, but weaker than weaker than an actual relationship. Yeah. So to me, it's work husband work wife realness. Interesting. Well, sp- transitioning into Mark and Jessica in the pods. And this is where she kind of admits to him she doesn't know how she feels in the situation right now. He's like, yesterday you were 100%. Today you're kind of like, I don't know what's going on. Uh, Which leads to Mark going back to the guys. And, you know, he's talking to Carlton. He starts flipping out, saying he's not an option. Start taking it really hard. Which is true. Like, no one wants to feel like an option. Yeah, we see a lot of short dude rage right here. No one wants to feel like an option. Um, Which now leads into day seven. So we are a week into this with... Leading on with uh, Diamond and Carlton going to meet each other. Once they see each other, he runs over. He's all excited. They both definitely. That's I don't know, another I just thing. have Diamond Carlton proposal and I moved on. When to you the next see thing. people and their initial reactions to seeing each other, it's kind of like you could tell whether or not they really Connect. are attracted. Because it is one of those where it's kind of like, you know, oh shit, this is the moment. Like, God forbid the door opens and it looks like 90 Day Fiance person. And it's yeah. like, oh, shit. And I don't want to take shots at anyone ever, even that guy. I mean, guy, that guy's also a dick. He's like a meme, so. right? Exactly. He's a horrible person, it seems. Um, And he's a meme. So it kind of works. But uh, they're like, look at you. You fly, this and that. I mean, I don't even think it's worth talking about. They propose no. to each um, other. Like, it's not And then we cut back to the guy's room for the true MVP of episodes one through three, I guess, Rory. Yeah. <laughs> Giving his amazing advice to Barnett. Because they the said, man. like, who do you... Who do you, you have to have the deep conversations? Who like, have you who do you have with? the deep conversations with Amber? Which I forgot. Where and he I tells put him, it "You need to notes. do this now with Jessica and Elsie. He has fun with Elsie and stuff, but he needs to move on and have these conversations with everyone." And now yeah. we cut back to Jessica and Barnett in the pods. Yeah, the energy in these chats between Jessica and Barnett versus her conversations with Mark are just two completely. Di- and I understand we're almost that- one eighty. Like we're almost we're about one hundred sixty degrees. Almost back to 180 where shit's reversing. Yeah, because that's pure chemistry, but I don't know what that chemistry is based in. And I love how, like, he's also at the emotional immaturity of that he has to say the L word. He can't just say love. He's such a dick. That bothered me. That little thing. I'm like, it's something so stupid, but that actually bothered me a little bit. Yeah, I I I put L word in quotes, too. Because they start playing truth or dare. 
they bring up about what he said last night, and that's where he says, like... And he completely He has emotional off. connections, but doesn't know about the L word. And I'm like, bro, like, come on. And you I- just said that you would propose to her tomorrow. Yeah. It is now tomorrow. So she now gets really mad. She knows a million guys like him. I don't fuck, fuck him, with people like you. You know, she then goes back to but the that, girl. But the gag Ooh. is, she's mad at Barnett for saying what she said to Mark. Yeah, no, it's true. So it is kind of hypocritical. Like, oh, you're talking like, you know, you're getting mad at me for talking to other people and like having feelings for other people. What the fuck? And she storms off and then suddenly, oh, like Mark is the best. Like, I think Mark is the best option for me. Mark is the best option left. And that leads into a theory. This is where I wrote down, by the way, watching Barnett cry makes me feel good. Yeah. Woof. But uh, it leads into a theory later with me with about Jessica and Mark. But we can get into that later. I think I wrote a note on it. I hope I did. And I have um, a thoughts about Amber. So I'll probably bring it up at the time. But yeah. So we cut back and it's uh, the girls room. And Jessica's telling Amber not to let Barnett fuck with her. Telling her about how he said he would propose to me. And all this. He was ready to pro- propose. And now he's just fucking around. Pretty much don't don't let him make you look like you made me look. Which comes to Barnett telling Carlton he shouldn't have said the stuff last night. Now he feels like an asshole. Amber really just makes it seem like whatever. She's like, yeah, he's just saying that bullshit to Jessica because he likes me. Ha ha. Yeah, I thought that that was weird. That's some confidence. I'll give her that. I think that Jessica. No, but you know what I think this is? I think this is Jessica trying to sabotage the other relationships. So they'll be like, yeah, Barnett's a dick. I don't want to be with him. And Barnett will come back and be like, Jessica, I made a huge mistake. Yeah. You mean kind of like what she does with Mark right here? Yes. Where she goes back into him? Yes. And she's like, oh, my God. When I say that this chick is lacking emotional awareness, I, I'm not even doing it justice. Like, she is the one of the most immature, emotion, like, emotionally 34-year-olds And I've this ever is seen where I felt bad. I feel bad for both of them, honestly. I feel bad for everybody. I'm, I'm being hard on them, but I do but genuinely feel bad for all these I'm people. I'm trying to remember my emotions from the first watch of, like, watching this and going through and, like, thinking how bad I feel for Mark now. Because he's like, I'm not an I option. I don't want to be an option. And now Jessica comes back in. And the reason like, is her number one said no. So now she's going for her backup and, because she knows he's obsessed And the with gag her. of this is, is like, this is the first of several times throughout the series that Jessica does something that Mark should hold her more accountable for. I'm not saying he should stop talking to her. I'm not saying he should break up with her, but he should hold her more accountable. And because yeah. Jessica does something that is like, if somebody did that to me, I would want to have a way more serious conversation about it. And Mark's willing to just brush it under the rug. Yeah. Mark straight up. Is this where he says... Um, he just says oh, he's not going to play second this is where he straight fiddle. up says, my mom said, if you love something, let it go. If it comes back, it was for you. And that's f- not what this instance is about. No, I mean, <laughs> it is and it's not. But like, she is so transparently like, I made a mistake being with Barnett. You're the one I want. And he's like, thank God Barnett said he wasn't that into her because now she's more into me. Like, do you love yourself at You don't all? want to be an option, but you literally just admitted that you are an you're, option. You're, you're admitted you're totally fine you're cool with, with being it. an yeah, option. That, that's true, too. Like, I think, oh, I can't wait to talk about when they meet his friend later on because his friend describes him so, it, so perfectly in a way that doesn't, like, it was the most appropriate assessment, like, succinct. I don't even... Th- well, I don't think his friend realized... I don't yo. think his friend realizes how 
perfect his description of Mark is. But we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Yeah. So we get the quick glimpse of Kenny and Kelly in the pod. Oh, and one last thing about Uh-oh. Mark is that he says here he wants Jessica to be able to be transparent, which she is throughout, and he does not actually let her, like, does not actually accept her transparency. Yes. So. Yeah, we quick cut to Kenny and Kelly in the pods. He says she's exactly what he's been they have looking clo- for. I just he laugh. Does the whole he does. Close he proposes your eyes to her. Visualize but like, this I'm laughing. Me. Why the fuck are they closing their eyes? They already can't see each other. This way, you don't see anything. You That's can stupid. picture it's, things in your it's head. Silly. But uh, and she just seems really focused on no longer being lonely. Yes, that is like her big takeaway. It's interesting. That Rob Thomas again. I don't want to be lonely no more. I just think that there is a very distinct divide. Between the women who are under 30 and the women who are over 30. Huh. Because the women, the two women they show who are over 30 are like, I am like, this is how my life has been going for so long. And obviously, I'm sure like, you know, culturally, there's a lot of pressure on women by the time you hit 30. I mean, I'm susceptible to that. Yeah. You are susceptible as a result. (laughs) You're a victim (laughs) of that susceptibility. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Help me. (laughs) see now we both read each other to fill there There we we go go. you know she just it's it's really sad watching these women in their 30s feel like they need to be married so badly yeah and there's no rush to anything people um because lauren's over 32 right she's not 32 at the time yeah that's funny you said that. So we get back to Damien and Gigi in the pods, having their deeper discussion on why they didn't feel deeper beautiful. Deeper is generous. They both got picked on in school, but they got to love their yeah, self. Yeah, that's, that's a great basis we'll love of, you too. Of, of a relationship, just yes. both feeling like victims. Uh, that's huh. not going to carry over into your no. relationship with each other at all. It's going to be rough. So <sighs> we had day eight. Kelly and Kenny are about to meet. Yeah, they're both dressed pretty casual. I He just gives me big youth pastor energy. He does. He is like the cool past, not a molestery one. He just, he genuinely cares. He's, he's like that substitute teacher comes in and really wants to like puts his chair backwards. And he's like, come on guys. Like let's wrap, you know, like, he's just, and as they're leaving, he's like, Oh, have a great day. God bless. Yeah. Like he's got big youth pastor energy, but I mean that in the best way possible. But <laughs> that's hilarious. But, uh, but yeah, so they meet. It seems like they're attracted to each other at the time. She runs at him and oh, says she's boy. beautiful well, and perfect, which we then... Do you want to continue? You said, oh, boy. Oh, no, because are we at Gigi are you and saving? Damien? We are now going back to Damien and Damien and Gigi, which we find out that she self-sabotages a lot, Ugh, uh, which I did put in parenthesis. I said, we do learn that this is true. Um, they both really thing. don't want to get hurt. They thank each other, whatever. She does that thing that, and you know, I think the reason why I'm so hard on Gigi in particular is because I have, or at least had some of these tendencies mm-hmm. that you So you're think, mad because you see yourself in her in some ways? I think so. I think that is kind of why sometimes I'm tough on Lauren in certain ways mm-hmm. and yeah, like those are the two that I feel like I struggle with with watching because i i do tend to self-sabotage to drive people away i think i've i try to get a little bit more under control but i think that sometimes when you do a lot of explaining to try to tell people like oh i'm such a monster sometimes those people like are actually that bad like they think it comes across as just genuine self genuine self-deprecation but actually 
they're being 100% honest, like more honest than I think they realize they're being. Plus, I think that Gigi also is using it. And she does. I don't think I know she's using this as a disclaimer to justify any later behavior because she says throughout, well, I told you I was like this. You knew that I was like this. Yeah. And it's like, that doesn't. You and you know what? And the thing is, like, I'm guilty of even saying that to you when I'm having a mood like you knew exactly who you were marrying, whatever. But I will be the first to admit that that doesn't justify shitty behavior no but at least i would like to think that i'm better at apologizing no you Gigi are is. no you uh you're because pr- i do apologize you're someone <laughs> that, yes. that automatically makes me better i know we're, we're you and i are opposites in the fact that like i am someone who is in the immediate like now nah, we're talking about this and making this up now or making up making now. this up now you are the give me a little while to cool down so i can also collect my thoughts and then come and then yes you are you are very good at apologizing I'm capable of apologizing. I'm capable. I'm capable. And that's more than I think Gigi can say for the most part. No, it's good because it's something with all people, not just you, but even myself. If I say or do something like stupid or wrong or, you know, it's it's about taking that moment of self-reflection and saying like, oh, shit. All right. Like I was wrong in this being mature. And realizing, you know, a relationship is a partnership and you can't always go back to like, well, I told you this. I said this. So this is also the first of one of Gigi's several like auditioning for a Hallmark movie lines where she's like, I could picture my life with or without him. But my life is so much sweeter with him in it. Girl, what the fuck does that mean? Damien Powers. Damien Powers? It's the, it's the Oh, my God. This voice. is all I've been saying for the last couple of days. Damien Powers? Well, we're not there yet. No, (laughs) we'll get to do it now. But yeah, it's a perfect transition into Barnett with his ukulele. What a fucking. (laughs) But this is where I do say that him and LC are very similar. And it's kind of like, I really wish I could see how their relationship would play out. I know. I I think that Barnett ends up with Amber because of his emotional immaturity. I think that they fit together for this time of their life. I Yeah. I think that it's like because you know how you have certain best friends that were like a best friend for a period of your life when you were a certain kind of person and then you grow and mature and like you don't become similar kinds of people like you become you get different different interests and shit yeah that is what I think is going to happen with them they are meeting because they're kind of at the same place in their life and if anything really changes that dynamic it's not sustainable. Because throughout this, I did, on the second watch, th- start thinking to myself, you know what? Like, they're a better cu- couple than I originally thought. But I think that that is, we'll, we'll talk about yourself. it, we'll but it's like, it. yeah. well, there's a reason for that, kind of, even though I revealed a lot more than I planned to at this but point. But we get to, on a very serious moment of the show, a Barnett and Amber uh, pod date, where we find out that she was actually pregnant at one point with an ex. He didn't want the kid, so she didn't end up actually having it. She had an abortion, she admits. Which is difficult for people to admit. Especially I, no, on a, I mean, on that, a was a, that was a really... Or a I mean, Netflix show. Well, I mean, the thing that sucks with her, too, with that former relationship is the guy just saying, get over it and move on nonstop. Yeah, I mean, thank God she's not with him anymore. He seems like a piece of garbage, yeah. but like... But we jump now into... We'll move on. Yeah, we get another Gigi and Damien scene. Basically, they don't... Oh, How not. dare you not mention show mvp rory here oh yeah giving breathing techniques to damien of all things yeah i did write that he's the man he should get his own show damien for the first time in his life wants something and he's scared he's gonna propose today yeah 
you know, which we cut to the pods with Damien and Gigi. He tells her, and I'm wondering if this is because he doesn't remember her full name, but he tells her to tell him because, her full yeah. name one more time. I think, well, also because it's like if her name was, you know, Erin Elizabeth Jones, he would have had a hard, he would have had an easier time remembering it, but because it's ethnic, he's having a little bit more trouble. It's possible that that's what it is. Or I, that's why I think I, I feel like he just forgot her middle name. No, I think he probably forgot the whole thing because it's uh, complicated for his very All you white do is brain write it to down. understand. Yeah. Jesus. I remembered it. But she does say it. What is it then? Giannina Milady Giabelli. There you go. So she says it, you know, and then he goes through this whole story about putting gifts in a box. And oh, all this they are stuff so, and... they're like auditioning for their own Hallmark movie. I am exhausted. Yeah, something like that. They're exhausting. But he goes on this whole thing. And then in the end, he ends up putting nothing in the box and saying that he is her gift. Ugh. Um, And next to his family, that she is now they the most important very, thing in like, his life. They have a very Pinterest, Tumblr idea of what romance is. Everything is so painfully cliche, it makes me nauseous. Like, <laughs> I developed diabetes from all of the, sh- the sappy sugar. Wow. Huh. That's actually a pretty They're funny one. Yes. I developed diabetes from so, the sappy sugar. So he proposes to her, and she does not accept right away. She is pacing. She looks like she's holding it a poop. And then that is where they end the episode. Well, no, because she says, I wanted to tell you something. Oh, okay. And that's where they end it. So then with we their pick up intense on music. Yeah. I love that. Like, so many episodes, because obviously we had the captions on, so many of them end with intense music crescendos. Yeah, it's always something funny. So then we get... And then there's so one that a- says upbeat music, and it was like a depressing song. And I, I was like, know. this does not make sense. It's not, per- it's not a perfect system. No. So we pick up where we left off from them when we start episode three, and she does this whole thing like fucking monologue about one thing i don't believe in is it's gender roles and i do what i want and i want you to stand up because i see you as my equal you're really trying with this impression this is fun it's because she's exhausting so she She speaks like she's exhausted she, she sounds like she's out of breath yeah she gets down on one knee and she proposes to him gender roles well, no, she says she doesn't see... Ge- she wants to no, be No, I know. Equal. I'm saying, look at general... Yes. They pizza, keep saying... Pizza they, rolls, not gender rolls. They want to be right? equals. They want... Oh, Totino's. Uh, God damn it. Now I want pizza rolls. Disgusting. How dare... Disgusting. They're delicious. I, you, are you like getting your mouth scalded no, by it's why you, sauce? Oh, it's why you got to... <laughs> you have to put them in the oven and not the microwave. They cook so much better and they... They still are molten sauce. No, the they heat evenly. No. Look at this argument. Here we go. See, people, this is what marriage is like when you're Wait, you, argue you have to about... choose. Wait, pizza rolls or pizza bagels? Bagel bites. Oh. That's tough. Bagel bites, all the way. Ah. Uh, see, I feel like. Think ba- of it quick. We, we were, we're only on episode three. Bagel bites, I burn my mouth more than Totino's. Really? Yeah. Trash. All right, so we end up cutting now to, you know, they both say yes. They love each other. They're getting married. She's engaged uh, to a man she's never seen before. And that's so me. Is that something that's on brand for you as a person? Like, what does that even mean? It's because she's wacky and out there and I feel like does girls things. Who will, girls who are like, oh my God, I'm so goofy. Like, uh-huh. only if you do that after you say that, you are not goofy. 
They're just trying to stand it's day out, nine, and Barnett is still torn. Mark is giving Barnett shit for being for not being honest because he's like, I know what you said to Jessica. All right, and no, I don't no, no, think no, no, that no. That's right for you to do to the other girls. And no, like, he was right in this. I am on Mark's side in this conversation. I You're making that, it sound like no, he's an asshole. I think because I think that Mark is right, but I think his motivations for saying it are what make it not right. Because I think that he is doing it to really? make sure. I think that he is doing it to make sure that he stays away from Jessica. Because my to thing rub is, in his face that he has Jessica. Because he's because well the way he's giving the advice, he pretty much says well, he, he says, hasn't been honest with the other two girls the way he was with Jessica. Think, That's unfair that he, to everyone. I don't think that he is saying that from a place of genuinely caring about the other women i think that he is saying that because he wants to feel morally superior to barnett because he says in a talking head shortly after oh i'm not gonna be wishy-washy like barnett you know i think that he's just super threatened by barnett because barnett is is the kind of guy who like i would say that if we're gonna talk about little fires everywhere barnett is trip yeah and mark is moody okay and Jessica is apparently Pearl in this scenario. Except Pearl actually decides to go with Moody. Actually, I don't know how. No! Like, you're so behind. And also, stop spoiling things. Like, it's, oh, we can't. I don't want to talk about Little Fires Everywhere right now. You're the we, one that brought it up. And I'm, I'm trying saying, to compare things. Anyway. I think that Mark is super threatened by Barnett. I said he gave great advice he, about accepting not, conflict and to go for okay, it. Okay, but you're looking at it purely surface yes, level. I see what you're His saying. His motivation though. for why he gave the advice is what makes me like yeah. a little side eye about it. But anyway, we then cut to Mark saying that he has found his person and Jessica and they both walk into their pods. And I don't know what he said. Again, but I from, said, yeah, he when gave he a great speech. heard her voice, which is like. Her voice is irritating. What are you? T- what are you all obsessed with? Maybe he thinks it's cute. That's weird. But I said he actually gave a great speech before his proposal, though I oh, did I not even, write what he said. I don't. I don't care. Um, and then she. It, there's kind of a long pause here because she's is, crying behind the couch. Yeah, and she's he actually has hiding. to say hello. He's hiding behind the couch, and like I know you could blame some of this on editing, but like. The fact that he says hello, is you not know, a good she side. waited. That's not shady editing. She had to wait. Yeah. She was not sure. Then they both say, I love you. And of course, the first thing she happens to mention is that he's 24. Yes. She talks about it a lot. And she says, Someone get me out of this. She fully admits, I tried to push him away because that's just what I do. And he said, But he said no. And now he's my fiance. Like, Mark's persistence is, but you know what it is? Now I finally got into the root of why Mark is like so is the the recipient of so much sympathy because we have been conditioned from a lifetime of like mm. rom-coms that men being persistent and ignoring a woman's disinterest in them as being a romantic gesture rather than it like not accepting the woman's decision like mark my biggest issue with mark is that he thinks he knows what jessica wants better than jessica knows what she wants but she also came to him the day before this and was saying how much she wants to be with him, how much he is the one. But you, but the thing is, if Mark had even for a second assessed, had even per, like thrown the question out to her, why did something happen with Barnett? He should have. He should have. He should but be it, more aware. But, the thing, but the he's thing is, so he desperate for this. He knows that it's because something happened with Barnett. Yeah. He knows that the only reason why he knows and admits out loud that the only reason why Jessica is coming back to him is because. It didn't work out with Barnett. He admits to that. So the fact that he 
is still willing to go along with this and be like, no, everything's great. Everything's fine. Like he says a couple things throughout this that I'm just like, you think that you know what Jessica wants better than Jessica knows what she wants for herself. And for as much shit as I give Jessica for not really knowing what she wants and being emotionally insecure, I feel like she's in touch with herself enough to know that she doesn't have those same feelings for Mark. And she expresses that throughout and it ends up where it ends up. But she says, I tried to push him away because that's what I do. He said no. And now he's my fiance. That's not romantic. That's a poor choice. A form of Stockholm syndrome. It's I, it's emotional I, I, I unawareness is what it is. Yes. So we then cut to the whole situation between Amber L.C. Barnett. Who's he going to pick? He thinks he's so lucky because he has two amazing people. Elsie thinks she's going to be the one. Amber, of course, thinks she is. Uh, he does this whole, like, breakup kind of spiel, though, and we don't know who he's talking to at first. Yes. It's kind of like, which one's on the other side? Well, Elsie says something like, if I don't end up with Barnett, then, like, apparently my read of the situation was way off, which, I mean, he did kind of seem the least in comparison to what we see as an outside source like his conversations with amber and jessica seemed like he was into them more than he seemed into elsie but i don't think she was completely off base for thinking that he was really into her well and also not discussing the dates with amber or jessica also kind of factors into that i mean they they did bite her in the ass but I think he said something to her. I forgot. He said something to her earlier, something to the effect of like when we get engaged or something yeah. like that. Well, so, they, he does that with all of them. I know, but I'm saying again, if you hear that, it's not off base to assume that that person really has strong feelings yeah. for oh, you. Oh, he must. I must be the one he's going to choose and all this. Yeah, because why would he say that proposing. to me if why would he say that to me if he didn't mean it? Yeah. You know, like a reasonable person. And she pretty much at this point just goes like, yeah, she so doesn't basically flip he breaks out up curse, with Elsie. She's, pr- she's pretty much like, all right, F all this shit. I'm out. No regards for what he does. Just yeah, you don't have leaves. regards for how other people feel, which I think is true about Barnett, but I think that I felt there terrible is... for her, t- her t- here too. Oh, oh, I felt awful for she her because... She, oh, God, her interview saying like she thinks she's like unlovable and like, what's the problem? And it's like, no, it's, it's not it. it. That, was, that was him. You seemed like you were doing the right yes. thing. You were being... Elsie, if you ever somehow come across our podcast and listen to this, it's not your fault. This is like... I thought you were going to say, like, and if I, I thought you were going to say, if, and if I ever end up divorced or widowed. <laughs> find, find me on Twitter, at... No, <laughs> oh, my God! I'm kidding. No, but it's, it's, a very, it's one of those, like, Goodwill Hunting kind of things, which I don't think you've seen. Yes, I have. When did we watch it? I've watched it. I watched it before we got together. I'm, I've watched it several times. Mm. Ask, ask Jess Gonzalez about it. She lent it to me. I gotcha. borrowed her DVD for like a year and then I finally watched it. That, Sorry, Jess. I'm assuming you never gave the DVD No, I gave back. it back. I gave oh, it back. Okay. I finally um, gave it back. And yeah, I wrote, I hope that she found someone because she's very nice and cool. Uh, so now it goes back to Barnett and the pot Damn, again. if I end up dead and he ends up, Mike ends up married to Elsie... You heard it here first. That'd be a hell of a podcast. I'm just kidding. Look somebody do face. a true crime podcast in my honor. Okay. So Barnett's in the pod again. Amber's in the other pod this time. He tells her she's the only one who makes him feel a burning fire in his heart. Kind of pauses. Then proposes to Amber. She says, yes, they both say I love you. Yada, yada. Although LC looks wise is not really my type. So you don't yeah. really have to worry about that. Oh, oh, well, thank God. There you go. You kidding me? I just sit here thinking if you ever run into like Derek Jeter. Okay, no, but have He's you married. seen Derek Jeter? 
Also, would you, like, honestly... No, you've always said it, too. You're like, if Beyonce showed up and was just kind of like, hey, you, me, married now... If I lost now. you to Rihanna, I wouldn't be like, wow, Mike, unfair, you know? Like, she's fucking Rihanna. I can't compete with that. You're just like, all right, here, I packed your bag, see you later. And you should be, like, self-aware enough to know you can't compete with Derek Jeter, and that's okay. I'm Derek Jeter, you shot me. By Racial Angel. Yes, he is. Um, so Amber we, and Barnett, what, what I was going to say. No, wait, no, sorry. No, he proposes. They do the whole yeah. speech about fire burning in heart. Oh, yada, yada. oh, this is the line. I tweeted about this at the time because this made, this is, I think, really when I started hating Barnett is he says in his proposal, I'm going to make you the most stressed out girl in the world, but you're going to make me the happiest man. And if that doesn't sum up straight relationships, I don't know what does. How dare you? Your face. Oh, so I, I wish time. I could send I don't that have picture. I time to go into the emotional labor women are forced to do in relationships. Oh, I meant for household us, household unequal labor across the bar. It's, it's. I'm not saying for all. I'm saying for us. I'm just saying it's very fitting for a lot. Of Although the amount couples. of stress I put you through, I would say we're pretty equal. I would hope. Of stress we I'm put the other one through? Is this, gonna... how, is this how this is going to be? Ooh. This went wow. from being just a, a, a television show recap to, to a like read. unintentional couples therapy. This is how, <laughs> uh, how dare you, Mike? I think anybody, if there was anybody who ever considered us couple goals, they're officially reevaluating their life. They're just like, damn. No, that's the joy, is that is we work through any issues that potentially well, pop we're up. Honest. And we're honest. We're honest. We joke around. We know each other. That's the whole point. That's we are married if you have forgotten sonia i don't think i don't think we've stressed that enough to anybody yes all right so we hit day 10 and it's damien getting ready to see Gigi for the first time he's very she's self-conscious touched me about without his even looks. touching me she's seen me without ever seeing me just it's give him just, a fucking hallmark movie and he always just be yeah, done with always him. just tries to be so deep and like and exactly as you're saying it's the hallmark rom-com cheesy lines Instead of like actually seeming seeming like real, being, like it's a very like I said, Tumblr Pinterest idea of what relationships are, unrealistic. Just grow up. So she says while she's waiting, she's like, "I just want to stare at him. I just I want to process him." The fuck. But she does this thing that I'm sure you probably picked up on too when they finally reveal themselves to each other, because of your sympathy towards men and probably your own insecurity about not feeling attractive enough even though i think that you're very very attractive and people tend to think you're very very attractive anyway uh, i hope so she sees him when she first sees him she turns away laughing no i don't yeah and then she runs into his arms but it's like for somebody like him who you know has a lot of insecurities around he said it he literally said his self-conscious about his looks yeah which is funny because I feel like some of my hardness on him comes from the fact that he looks like one of my ex-boyfriends. Uh, relationships, am I right? You and your, yes. You go into the show so biased about things. I mean, doesn't everybody? Like, I'm No, human. of course. Anyone reminds someone of anything I thought that this was relationship weird too, they had a bad time he, with. I also, I think, tweeted about this at the time where he was like, her skin tone is, it's so different. First of all. <laughs> what is she purple like what the fuck and on top of that we know what she means is like we know what he means is like because she's ethnic 
But like, oh, you're different. Was your dad a GI or something? What is that from again? It's Michael Scott when he oh, meets yeah, Rashida yeah, yeah, Jones yeah, yeah, yeah. or Karen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're so exotic looking. Was your dad a GI or something? Yeah, exactly. Where it's like that same thing. Like I think I kind of this is weird because like I'm light skin, you know. And I think that sometimes in people's weird fetishization of ethnic women, people like imagine me darker. Like people will send me stuff be like, oh my God, this person looks exactly like you. And it'll be like somebody way darker than me. And I'll be like, is that how you see me in your mind? Not that there's anything wrong with being darker, obviously. But like, it's like, I feel like people, sometimes white people specifically, or just non-black people in general picture me darker or like in their mind, even Mm -hmm. if they know me really well, imagine me as being darker than I am because they see me as being more ethnic. I don't know. Like, I don't know what that, I don't know what I'm saying, but do you understand what I'm saying? Like, I think that he like exotifies her a little bit more than she actually appears. Yeah. He seems like a guy, I guess throughout his whole life. I mean, it kind of goes into the lighter than me. She's, you know, well, she's Venezuelan. I think they so. Said, yeah, she's yeah, Venezuelan. Venezuela, but she's Venezuela. not like an indigenous-looking Venezuelan woman. Like she's white. She looks white. Not, like, a, not as white as the women he's dated, I guess. Apparently. Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of running theories about Damien coming from a very conservative, read racist background. It's possible. I don't know. <laughs> she grabs his face very forcefully though and tells him that he has pretty eyes. Yes. She is attracted to him, although it was not what she pictured. So we then move on to Barnett and Amber getting ready to meet. The doors open, and you could tell they're both very clearly attracted to each other. They think each other they're is both hot. Good-looking people. Yeah, you they, know. They go in for a kiss and kind of headbutt, which is kind of funny. Yeah, uh, she makes this whole thing about he's got a whole crazy handful with me. The talking head. She says he the- refused to let me love him, but he finally gave in. Why can't people just accept? people's feelings about them why do they have to force their feelings on another person what do you mean like who likes you back like she says he finally gave in it's the same thing with mark and jessica where it's like just let people feel how they feel about you true don't force things there's no reason for you to be that don't be weird or creepy um yeah they're very physically there yeah the physicality is there between them you can see it like even his face he just keeps saying damn she's thinking the same as i mentioned i think i mentioned fanning herself in her fucking talking head like oh boy that's my fiance so now we finally get to mark and jessica seeing each other for the first time he says she says and i'm 34 years old she says it does not matter what he looks like he could be a freaking troll I wrote lies in all caps because I don't lies. agree with that because um, we also don't know when all these talking heads are filmed. Uh, I think she also is not like she goes through a couple times where she's just being completely dishonest with herself and the audience. Yeah. And I th- it, whether it's her. But con- I think I don't think she's that, trying to convince herself like she loves yes, this guy. It's not. I don't think I think that that's what people hate about her is that she like lied. But I think that she's doing it as She's like lying to, to herself. To try to make herself feel better yes. about her decisions, not to be mean and intentionally hurtful. Exactly. I think people confuse hating liar. Like, people hate liars in general when really they should hate certain types of liars. Yes. 
She's not trying to hurt Mark. That doesn't come across at any point to me that she's intentionally no, trying not to at all. Him. She's trying to see if she could build a relationship with this guy. She's trying she's to like, make I'm herself doing something feel different. something that isn't there. Yeah. It is different than what she's used to. He is younger, maybe looks different from oh my God. typical guy Every she dated. Time, I think that's also why people hate her is that she's so hung up on these things. And it is really. That's but it the could one be the show that, talking well, that, point. But I don't think I, it seems like she's bringing that up a lot on her own. And she doesn't because the thing is, she doesn't deny the fact that like even at the reunion later on after having watched the show, mm-hmm. she doesn't deny that she talks about it so much. Yeah, that's true. And as much as people could blame editing if they want to for certain things, but these are all different instances. This isn't something like we see in the VH1 shows where it's like you see somebody saying something and then you see the context where it fits in another context later on. You're like, oh, you just repurpose that sound. This is all different times of people saying it in different contexts. Yeah. So it is something that comes up a lot, whether she likes it or not. She does say that she's head over heels in love, which is sad. And she says, I don't know why I'm surprised that he's taller than her. No, I knew he was going to be taller than her. It's just not by much. I figured that they would have been closer to the same height. Yeah. But I don't know how tall he is or how, how tall yeah. I picture. I was just going to say. I, I didn't look any of that, that up. up. I was just very hung up on astrology, apparently. So she tells him that she asked someone earlier what a 24-year-old looks like. But actually, you look like a grown-ass man. Which is like, how do you even respond to that? That's pretty funny. But now we get the quick montage. Well, no, this is very... What, sorry. Uh, mont- wait. The montage. No, I want to say first that she... This is a line that is a recurring theme throughout that she knows family and friends will have their opinions and they may not be the stereotypical person that they would pick for her or that they would picture her with. But, you know, that's who she's with. Mm hmm. Now we get the quick montage of the couple's meeting. Uh, Nick Vanessa telling us they're going to a tropical paradise. Now, can they handle the physical life? And they know and they tell us, but the couples don't know that they are all actually going to the same resort. So Gigi and Damien, they end up getting their room first. Do we know specifically where they went? I know they're in Somewhere Mex- in Mexico. Mexico. I don't know. So Gigi and Damien get to their room first. They're feeding each other chocolate strawberries, cheers in with champagne, Cindy dinner, you know, saying it feels like a fairy tale. They go through this whole thing where then she awkwardly cracks like a, I should say awkwardly, she cracks like a sex joke about having had sex in 435 days and like on day 300 something going in the ocean just so a wave would slap her ass so she could remember what it something feels yeah. like. Yeah. Um, it's, it's very corny and then her whole thing is like she's not hungry she's like she then says she is dessert her whole thing is like yeah we're in this room now cameras get the fuck out i just want to bang them and then we cut to kelly and kenny who uh i guess are the opposite they do want to touch and cuddle and stuff just not take it slow (sighs) they make me sad because i feel like they really connected in a lot of ways that especially now having to confront the fact that I am with a partner who does not have the same love language as me, which, you know, is not uncommon. They are very much the same love language because they are just touching every time. They're just hanging out, just scratching each other's arms or they've got their arms around each other. Like, they're always very physically touchy people. My style. Yes. And something that I am watching and, like, cringing in the corner under a blanket screaming stay away from me that's all very strong but it's just you know it it takes some getting used to 
for that's people a, like me. A lot of people don't want to be touched like 24-7 yeah, but in an they appropriate way. Yeah, I mean, so consenting, trying to say consent yes. is always important. But, but as the guy, it's always, that, always hold nice. On, I love that thing he did with the counting shoulders where he's like, oh, do, do you want to count shoulders? And he's like, one, two, three, four. And then he puts his arm around her. You didn't like that? I it thought was it was cheesy. Smooth. It was clever. It was smooth. Yeah. I never saw it. Never... He's as smooth as Kenny G. Okay. That was funny. Um, then we see. So yeah, we get a uh, as we say a Lauren lot of that. And Cameron, is this? Are we ready to talk? Are we ready to have that conversation? Yeah, that makes it sound more dramatic. I just wanted to say that. Yeah, no, sentence. that was weird. She is a self sabotager, Lauren, and this is really when we start to see it coming through. She's her body language conveys that she is trying to put up a wall and be defensive in her own head. Yes, she is somebody who is not very in touch with how she feels. I, I, I take that back. She's like pretty in touch with it. She just doesn't like confronting it and acknowledging it. And we see throughout that she is very concerned with what other people think, but not in a superficial way, if that makes sense. And it's sense. also, in this case, difficult because... As not only just having other regular people watching, there's cameras on you the whole time. I think... Which makes her act a little more awkwardly than I think she would... Well, I think she's also having a hard time accepting that she feels this strongly. Yeah. And it's only been, like, a week and a half. Not even. Like, barely. When I say that she cares about what other people think, but not in a superficial way, I think that she is... She doesn't want to disappoint people. She doesn't want to let people down. She okay. doesn't want judgment and she's because she seems like pretty goal oriented achievement oriented that she thinks that if she doesn't have the support of the people that love her she doesn't have anything so i think a lot of her feelings are not wanting to be embarrassed not wanting to be to disappoint people let them down instead of being concerned about being hurt or having people perceive her to be a certain way okay she's she's cares about what other people think for other people but not for her self-image if that makes sense kind of okay but she but like when she's talking about being attracted to him and how she feels about him there's no hesitation there at all no that's when she seems the most okay comfortable talking about anything when she talks about her attraction to him yeah so it's like you're saying it's more of the outside view as much she's as she afraid doesn't... i think she's also probably scared of the fact that because she feels so strongly for him she's afraid that if anything doesn't work out that it's that's going true. to hurt her and she's going to be left i mean alone. plus as she mentions it's also the first time that she's dating a white guy um she does bring up how she is so vocally pro-black and about her culture and then she does bring up at times about her father and how that's how she's so close with well, him. Well, I thought it was interesting during the reunion how she kind of makes a jab at the editing for how much they talked about it. I the think black and white stuff. I yeah, think it's no, that were... she, I, part of me thinks that maybe they kind of, I think, I think it's because they didn't really have a lot of issues. Like they naturally connected so well that the race thing is the only production thing is do. going to keep asking her about that and about her insecurity about like divorce and things like yeah. that like they really were pressing her whereas some of the rest of these issues i think were brought up organically by these people yes we move on to carlton and diamond they don't have any chemistry whatsoever i don't think so at all i it, their relationship did not really make sense to me i think that he was looking at it purely from her ticking certain boxes. Like if she's not going to be 
you know, if he can, if he's not able to see her and judge it based on that, which is what he, he himself admitted to doing in the past, I think that he wanted to make sure she ticked a bunch of boxes in terms of her education and her lifestyle. Like they're a very brunch Twitter crowd. What like is passport brunch? Twitter? Like it's a segment of Black Twitter. It's it's hard to explain. But if you are familiar with Black Twitter, I you feel can like explain you kind it of understand yeah. what I mean. Because like, uh, this the whole interaction here of her, it just seems awkward. It seems like they don't know each other at all. They seem like two people thrown in a room that did I not think, fall in love in the. Pods. I think that he liked her for ticking a bunch of boxes, and I think that she was acting purely on emotion and how she felt. Like she she liked in the same way that some of the other couples did. She liked the idea of not being lonely. Yeah. Because she probably, for one reason or another, didn't feel like she was lovable. Or she deals with a lot of guys who made her feel that way in the past. I mean, I'm purely projecting. I have no basis yeah. for this. But I just kind of get the sense. And I think I'm like pretty decent at reading people. No, it's definitely possible. He, um, it's annoying that he negs her a lot, which is something, as somebody who words of affirmation is my love language... It's it's so frustrating to see the way he's always like, oh, you're crazy. Like he calls her crazy. He said, you better, you're lucky, you're pretty, you know. And he makes some joke. I think their biggest issue above all is communication. Like the reason oh, why their yeah. relationship would never work, and they have a big miscommunication right off the bat because he makes a joke about like, oh, if you weren't X Y Z, I would have punched it. Which I think. Which is clear that he, I mean, it's clear once he explains it that he meant, like, punch out. Yeah. Like, a, like a job, like, clock in and out, punch he in He wouldn't and out. leave this relationship. But, like, yeah. the way he phrases it, I could see how she instantly was like, punch it. Like, you know, like, I, I see where the miscommunication happened and neither one of them are right or wrong. Yeah. But then when she's like, okay, you need to choose your words better, then he goes, oh, you're, be-, he basically calls her dramatic. For saying that he needs to choose his words better. This whole thing is, I don't know. I, the beginning of the end. It's really, yeah. They they don't seem like they click at all. It kind of goes into, as you were just saying, afraid of being alone. You kind of do get that vibe. And now it's where he still hasn't told her about his sexuality. I think that he is and acting. the I only think, thing in his head. I think some of it is him nervous about having to have that conversation. And I think some of it is just him as a person. Like him just not being a good communicator, him not being very secure in himself. Also not to kink shame at all. I just am personally really repulsed when men refer to themselves as daddy. Yeah. He's I, got the hat and he or the calls mommy, himself, like either way it's yeah. Never Unless there are children involved. But for me personally, I get, I believe me, I could see how that could be a kink never for shaming. somebody. Never shaming at all. Just me personally, it's not my, bag just not my thing and she while talking about you know where things could go in their relationship she keeps saying if and he's like what do you mean if there are a lot of variables for why this could ultimately not make it yes in the next three weeks exactly give her a break no they're they're just uncomfortable to watch from the beginning yeah there's no communication they don't seem like they gel at all and speaking of people who it appears that they kind of gel jessica and mark I guess yeah. um, they end up on the balcony listening to the waves or cuddling. He's so excited. I think it's so weird that she brings up that nobody in her life knows where she is. Like she didn't tell anybody that she was going to do this. 
and she doesn't have her phone on her. And maybe it's just because of my relationship with my family and friends. She had that, to have like, told someone, like, I'm doing something, like... But she said that her family doesn't know anything about this. She straight up says nobody knows where he is. I feel like they know she's doing something. She's just not on a dating show. I think this is also weird that Mark says he's always been a very passionate person, but this is the first time there's been emotional attachment behind it. I think that he, in his own way, is trying to sell himself on this idea. That I think he would have, regardless of who he ended up with, he would have been exactly this same person. Yeah. Whereas I think sometimes people have different kinds of responses in different relationships. Does that make sense? No, I see what you're saying. Like, I think that regardless of who he would have ended up with, he would be behaving through this process the exact, the exact same, same way. way. Yeah, he's Whereas trying to I make this happen. I think if Jessica had ended up with Barnett, it would have been different. If Barnett had ended up with Elsie, the things would have been different. Whereas Mark is only concerned. He's selfish, to be honest. He's a very selfish lover. No, nothing. I don't. That's I don't know. He seems like it. It seems like a situation. I I feel like he's trying to force the relationship to happen. I see where you're like he's yeah. trying to make it. What is the word I'm looking for to force something into existence? Will it? He's trying to will he's it. He's pretty into much yeah. Thing. Yeah. So this, which is, is weird, because now they go and you know she says she's normally into bigger guys. People normally jump into sexual relationships real quick. She wants them to take it slow because she's not there. She doesn't yet. want He's to totally ruin cool. things he doesn't want by to, having yeah. sex. Doesn't want to force it. They took a leap of faith. I took it as like I don't think she's very physically attracted to him. I took it that way too. But also, I I mean I always think that's a cop out. Like, it's not that I mean, he's not an attractive person. I, it's the fact I that don't she think is he's not as attractive as people make him sound. Like, I don't think I could. Maybe my own bias for well, not being attracted he's not to him. a troll. No, I mean, he's not ugly, but I uh, he's not a guy I would have ever clocked personally, which is saying You'd a lot, given like... my taste in men. <laughs> Thanks. I, you no, know I, know. I don't do this all the time. in that. I know. No, I, I hear you. Because even she says it. She's like, in the real world, I wouldn't even look twice at him. Which um, is a bold thing to say. Yeah. Well, she doesn't say it to She's basically face, like hoping that she becomes more physically attracted to him. That's over what time. it is. Yeah. That's she so talk weird. about willing some. She's trying to will something into existence. Uh, so then we get Amber and Barnett. A lot of sexual tension. Obviously, right now, while the cameras are there, they joke about being engaged and stuff. Nice and simple. It, that They're pretty much just waiting for the cameras to go away so they could bang. Uh, and then we get back to Diamond and Carlton where she could tell something's up with him, which is we could all tell. It's obvious. They're chilling by the pool and stuff. And. This is where he finally opens up about his sexuality, but this kind of takes a weird turn. Basically, my biggest takeaway from this is that they are both wrong and right. And I think that I understand where both of them are coming from because she like there's a lot of hesitancy. And I mean, this has to be an like I said a million times, this has to be a very difficult thing to discuss with somebody especially somebody that you're really trying to take this big step with and you feel like you like for all intents and purposes but i just my one really big issue that i am frustrated with carlton about through this is that he switches between saying this doesn't bother anybody and i've always been rejected for this yeah he switches back and forth so many times so he says to her that he's really struggling with this and he feels like he's always been rejected or abandoned. And, you know, she tells him he has nothing to worry about about it. I think that his 
reaction is kind of unwarranted. Well, we're, or we his don't want to talk. We don't want to talk about his reaction just yet. So okay. first, I just want to say that, like, I think that his mind is made up about how she's going to react. Yes, and that informs the way he reacts to her reaction throughout. So, In a ju- I forgot. I, I have here that, like, when he tells her. She asked for clarification. I'm sorry. I wish I had written down exactly what he says to her because I think that that's pretty important and I'm an idiot. But her eyes get really wide and she does ask for clarification and then doesn't really respond to him, which I think is when somebody's giving you big news. That's not an ideal reaction to have, but at the same time, it is a reasonable one. I mean, because the thing, well, he also admits he's like, you know, he knows it's a lot to accept and he gets it. And, it's OK. And she does. Ask, but he still gets mad. at she, her Well, it. she does ask kind of a very awkward question. What does that she say? It's, it's kind of I'm calling it. I feel like calling it ignorant feels harsh, but also is like the only way I can really explain it is how do you how do you know that I'm the love of your life if you're open to dating any gender? And I could see why somebody would ask that, but I think if you actually kind of know anything about how sexuality works, technically that could be a question. How could you say to anybody, even if that person identifies as straight or gay or just primarily only liking one gender, that's a, that's a question regardless, if you think about it. You know, how how do I know that I'm the love of your life, even though you're only attracted to women? Yeah. The fact that him being open to more genders just, I guess, doubles the dating pool. But that doesn't mean that he can't find the love of his life See, in one gender. I missed that part where she brings up the gender aspect. Yeah. Of being, how do you know? I thought it was more of an emotional thing. Like, you're here. You've only known me a few days. How do you know I'm the love of your life no. when you couldn't open up before? Like, oh. I, thought th- I thought there were I mean, more maybe I it. could have sworn that she said that it had to do specific or at the very least, because at the very least he heard it that way, which I don't blame him well, for you, hearing no, it that way. If you wrote it, I believe that that's what she said, because I just wrote that. And he he and I think that this also kind of helped him make up his mind about the situation before she had a chance to really process it is that he really goes in on her for saying that's a huge misconception you know it's more about uh, who the person is on the inside about attracted to yeah. yes and her eyes seem blank i did write this part down yeah i but she's like hey listen it's okay well it's, well, well hold on it's also hold, a hold shock it. for her that's i want to get to that but we're gonna get it well let's see so he gets mad that she's not really responding and she's like, but I'm I'm trying to listen to you and whatever. And he screams, fuck, and then throws his hat and then turns away from her. And he's like, I may leave this world alone, but I'm going to leave this world being honest. And she says she needs some time to process and walks off. Now, I think the walking off was a huge mistake on her part. Agreed. I understand why she did it. I just don't think it was very considerate of his feelings. Yeah. If you got to chill in silence, lay on the the chair for a few, wait till everyone calms down so you can have an unemotional, I shouldn't say unemotional. We're just like, so so things can, yeah, like so you can have time to process your emotions a little bit. Because for her too, I mean, for her now finding out about this. I think that was in his mind, three strikes and she was out. Yeah. This is something that, I mean, I understand, you know, as you were saying, like, People should come out, do whatever they want on their own time when they feel comfortable and everything. 
But if you're in an instance like this and like in his head, he's like, I was debating on telling her in the pods. I was debating, debating, debating. He could have maybe brought it up in the pods. I mean, maybe it might have been a little easier in a perfect world. He would have brought it up in the pods and they could have talked about it. But it's it's his decision. Right. It's such a personal thing that it putting it on anybody else's timeline is unfair to him. So, I mean, as much as well, we'll we'll talk about it in a little bit. So now we're on to episode four, two and a half hours later. So we start off with Kelly and Kenny waking up together in bed, uh, saying the physical connections there. He says that she really likes kissing him. He likes kissing her, too. Don't want to rush into sex. Barnett and Amber joking about snoring. She cracks the joke that there should be a prenup about having sex every day. Yeah, she's a lot. Um, he does tell a little funny story about how she was talking in her sleep like she was accepting an award or something. I thought that was kind of funny. I thought funny. that was weird. I, I included that in my notes, too, because I was like, maybe that implies a desire to be famous. Because she conveys a lot that she is not interested in working or Wants she's to be the more interested but not and, and that is a that I is obviously working. have tons of respect for stay-at-home moms yes. that's not it's not to say that staying being that a staying at home mom, easy. it seems impossible i don't know how people do it you so are shout so out brave. to all the parents right now that stay are at home parents staying at home but and well, I, I mean especially right now i thought it was interesting that her mother is also seems very interested in getting her married off to somebody who can take care of her and I don't know if that's like knowing your kid or wanting. Well, she knows her kids' history. Her, kids. Well, we'll talk her about kids her. gone from like friend's house. To we'll friend's talk. House we'll and, talk about her mother yeah. later on. Um. So then, yeah, Damien and Gigi waking up. They both like waking up next to each other. She wants to get massages. I feel very. First night, she just tore off I feel clothes. like the first conversation. Well, I mean, if you haven't had sex in like over a year, then yeah. Like. And now you're engaged. Yeah. I would obviously be insane too like you know drives people crazy they act like teenagers and i feel like one of the first time i watched it i was like wow they have a really nice connection i don't know what the fuck i was thinking so uh-huh. uh then lauren and cameron are waking up he loves her bonnet yes and, well because she has to say oh and my bonnet he says of course and he doesn't you know what i loved about this and this is just a nuance as somebody who wears bonnet and has a partner who might not have understood that right away is that I feel like a lot of white guys in particular or non-black guys who didn't grow up seeing somebody sleep with a bonnet on might make a weird joke about it. And he makes a joke about it, but he calls it a beret. Like he said, it looks looks like like a beret, beret. which is like harmless. But I think a lot of guys might make weird jokes about it. And I think it was really nice that he didn't. I don't think I reacted in any sort of way. No, you didn't react at all. You didn't. It just was like a thing. All right. Good night. Love you. Right. (laughs) Um, they're both, and they're both pretty coy, and they're talking heads about if they. Yes, have sex. he says what happened was between him and her. She says there was some Netflix and then chilling. Yeah, I mean it's it's implied that they had sex, but they're not going to be like yeah. some of the other couples. How they're like, yeah, we were absolutely well, they, boning all night. They it's joke like, about it relax. a lot later when I mean, all the couples realize they're all together. But that's different. Like if you're talking about it amongst friends versus like a producer a camera, asking yeah. you straight to a camera, it's a very different. Yeah, we spent the whole night in Pound Town. <laughs> sounds uh, like something Amber would say, so. Ex- yes. Uh, so we jumped to Jessica and Mark. Like said, he doesn't snore or sweat in his sleep, That's which so is actually I get appreciated it, but it's from also, everyone. And I love that they're working towards getting to the cuddle zone. So they didn't yeah. even cuddle. Like, 
but and, cold. yeah, he cracks the joke about putting up pillows, but fucking tween them. And so even, like the even when they're talking in bed, there's a lot of physical distance. No, it, it's she creates yeah. a lot of physical distance between them. They shouldn't be here right now. And she's still very in her own head about how people are going to feel about them in the outside world. And, you know, there's nothing getting in the way right now. And there's no challenges. But how are things going to be eventually? Diamond and Carlton slept in different rooms. Really? It just seems like he understands it was a lot for anyone to take in at the end he of the day. He says that, but he doesn't react his truth. like no, that he not at all. feels that way about it. That's uh, Yes, because that talking head is probably filmed later, and he's kind of like, uh. But when your emotions are calmed down, too, you can look at it in a different way. Um, yeah. She says the connection's still there, just needs to talk to him. Then Damien and Gigi, we cut to them getting massages. I think, I think the only thing worth talking about that with this is the that awkward she, talking head. she does a talking head while she's giving him a massage. Yeah. And I also thought they were getting like a couple's massage, not that they were giving each I other's know, massages. They're like, yo, Netflix is like, yo, we didn't pay for you guys to get massages. So y'all got to go and give one to each other. You have to we'll learn, just have someone learning talk how you to, through it. I'm, I'm here on vacation. I expect to be massaged yes. by a professional. Yes. You I don't want t- this to be a learning experience. I will learn I'm not later. here to learn. Yes, I will like, learn I'm here later. to fucking relax. Like uh, the but- only thing too about this one is that she's giving him, uh, she's giving a talking head about him while she's literally kneeling on top of on him. top of him. She's straddling him, and she also has all of her jewelry on while she's giving him a massage, yes. which might not be comfortable. Yeah. Uh, Kelly and Kenny go to the beach. Yeah, she likes how he kisses, and that's. That seems to be Boring, her. She yeah. just kisses him. That's really. Also, I forgot really to it. say before. She that, does say that he might be the best kisser ever. Yeah, she says something. I forgot to bring this up before when the first scene of this episode is that she says like, oh, yeah, there's a really strong physical connection there. Put a pin in that because things change. Yeah, I wrote that's BS there. Um, yeah. Now the awkward like showering scene together. I don't know if it's BS, together. but I have, again, I'm going to. I'm interested teaser. to see what this theory is. I have. I don't think It's not me. really that groundbreaking. And when you hear it, you're uh, going to be like. Oh. oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's not really that groundbreaking. It just... It, I'm surprised you haven't kind of picked up on it, is my point. I'm trying... Well, I'm thinking of what it might be, but I'll wait till you give your theory. Yes. Yeah, so then Amber um, and Barnett yes. are Once dancing again on, the beach, on the beach in, the in, a, th- in a thunderstorm. So that's... That's where I'm waiting shows for the their good right choices. Now. Also, the first appearance of the gold wine glasses. Yes. Which become a staple in this entire fucking series. I think we need some. Not that we need more glasses, no. but I. I'm oh no, we gonna... have uh, we have the red and silver one. That your, was really, your cousin actually. It was really got us. random product placement. The wine tumblers. Yeah, with the I know. Lids? Yeah. I know, but I'm just saying it's not the same. Thanks for those. Same. I know. Uh, I know. I love them. Yes, it's just <laughs> not the same thing that we're talking about. Yes, and then Jessica and Mark once again. Uh, she loves tropical stuff, but she used or he used to hate the ocean that's what it was scary story yo if, if a wave grabbed him and then the tide started pulling him like this happened to every them. kid in the everyone ocean. every kid's done something stupid in the ocean it wasn't stupid it's what happens when you're a kid and you're learning how waves work. or a stupid thing has happened to a kid in the ocean i guess not a stupid kid no i that's mean it's wrong. a perfectly it's not even stupid calling it stupid is pointless it's a perfectly reasonable and rational thing that happens when you are a kid and you go in the ocean it's happened to everybody I never got pulled, but I was also extremely overweight my whole life. Break- <laughs> I don't know if that has anything to do I with don't it. Think, I don't think it has anything the to do with The waves are trying, and they're like, who the fuck is this guy? Lo and behold, I'm secretly Aquaman. No. Uh, she- what are you even fucking talking about? 
This, she says, Jessica uh, Mark scene is really silly because it's like she's always been concerned about you know the status age. and place and his age and then she's like oh i don't know how his mom's gonna feel about it yes she's always worried about the parents well he is a mama's boy obviously this is where i did actually no take i was like it is weird because they'd actually be good friends in my opinion mark and yeah, jessica i think this is when they gave me strong this they're friends their banter is work husband work wife yes 100 percent. they just have this like flirty banter that doesn't really go anywhere yeah that's really what it is they're yeah. good. They have like good flirting chemistry. Guys, you gotta do something for the that. cameras, please. No, but I mean, it's it seems like flirty connection, but it's it's not sustainable yeah. to a real relationship. Yeah. Cameron and Lauren going on hikes, laying around, talking. Uh, They're talking about wedding planning yes. already, just Said in a very natural this, way. It's it's the same as when we watch any of these. It's like. They're forced to talk about things, which are like, they communicate very well with each other. Yeah. Every, nothing is a gigantic deal. It's more about, all right, when are we getting to the wedding? I am starting to wonder, based on her reaction in the reunion show, if producers... Because obviously, as I've discussed on multiple occasions, my father was black and my mother's white. And when I tell people that that is my background people a lot a lot of people are like oh like how was that like how did your grandparents feel about it and i was like everybody was fine i know that that's not necessarily a a commonplace thing but it was a non-issue so i think that sometimes people assume that because it's an interracial couple like their families are going to have a big problem with it and the world is going to be so cruel to them but like and obviously there are elements of that there Yes. It's not like it's gone away, but it's not as huge of a deal as people sometimes make it out to be. So I kind of wonder how much producers are like, so do you think it's going to be a big deal to your family? And like, it, it turns out not to really be at all. No. And I mean, we do hear about her father being like, pro-black yeah, just he like we, hardcore. And I like, think that's a common she thing. She does say though, or was it her mom? Someone says like her the way her dad is is always like like date within the race almost. Yeah, I think that. Which I, I could then understand uncommon, her concern. I think that's not uncommon among people of any race that you kind of picture your child marrying. Unless you really put a lot of thought into it, you would assume that your child would marry somebody of the, the same. same race. Yeah. Like, I don't think that's necessarily racist. Like, not in a racist way. It doesn't way. come from a racist it just, way. Yeah. It's just sometimes you're not putting any thought into it. And, like, that's how all your relationships yeah. were. And your models for the relationships that you grew up with. Yeah. And then, you know, we don't really have any expectations. Then I, lo- then I look at our friend groups and every single person is pretty yeah. much in an interracial well, out relationship. Of our, out of our core best friend group, everybody is married or dating or engaged to like we don't drop names but yeah there's like there's i can only think of like one or two of the people we consider our best friends best best friends they are all in interracial relationships we're like advertising agencies dream our groups of friends when we all get together it's pretty much like that or like we're exactly what yeah every tv show is aiming to have as their cast yeah, we're the future the liberals want. The perfect cast. Don't how you many, dare shame how Goofy. Many how goofy dare you? Ha- references have you made during the course of this episode alone? I probably could have made more. Uh, I could always make Am more. Am I supposed to be grateful? No. 
you're just supposed to see me eye to eye on this. Um, so we move on to Diamond and Carl. Well, let's yeah, let's get the laughs out of the way now Again. because this is very uncomfortable. So but, they meet uh, yes. by this pool, and she says in a talking head that she loves him and she hopes it's going to be okay. But they do obviously need to have a conversation, so they hug. And she says that she's in physically in paradise, but she's not mentally there. Yes. And it could read as potentially homophobic, but really what she says is, and I believe her, is that she is kind of hung up on the fact that she feels blindsided by this information. I've, I'm... I'm not, gonna, I'm not taking sides on it. But yeah, I, I don't want to un- take sides, but I absolutely understand. But yeah, it's, it's one of those where... She, in her head, is like, we're going into this experiment where we're supposed to meet someone in this pod, look, learn not everything about them, but the big things. Yeah. Find out if I can create this emotional bond with them, get engaged, possibly marry them and all this. And this is probably, like, the biggest secret or thing he has. Yeah, he he'll, he and says she, himself that it is. Yeah, and it's like, and exactly. Now you're engaged on this, like, pre-honeymoon fiancé dating period. And it, I can understand why she feels blindsided. Yeah, and I to. think, too, that if you feel like you were completely honest with somebody and you felt like somebody wasn't completely honest with you, yeah. you're going to build have a little bit of resentment. And we don't know that. all the and we don't see all the dates for all we know. He could have said other things very uh, personal. She may have same thing. She's probably she told him have, a bunch I, of it stuff. It seems like she felt like she laid all of her cards on the table and, he and held one. she felt like, yeah, that he had a big thing to tell her and that she wasn't told. Again, it is within somebody's own schedule when they decide to come out. But I also understand where she's coming from. So, yes. again, completely neutral. Understand the emotions behind it for both sides. I or mean, at least big, to the best of yeah. our ability. And then him here. I mean, him saying that every. This is where this is the one thing that really pisses me off about him. Like he I said, said, there's before. never been an issue with any girl. And then she's like, okay, so then why, why didn't did you, you feel like you had to tell me? Exactly. And then he says, because I feel like you're going to judge me. And then she goes, but I thought you just said that it wasn't an issue. Girls, no girl you've ever been with has cared. Why would I now all of a sudden? So he's gone. You know, that means who knows what how many girls he's been with. But you would sit there and be like, let's say hypothetically it's 20. You would tell me every single one of them he's gone to. And they've been like, oh, no, everything's cool. Like. But he still goes to them every time. I also have a hard time believing that knowing just how society is. Like, I can't be- I don't believe that every single person he's told has been completely no, 100% open with it. Just of because society's not. not like that. Society's exactly. There's still a lot of biphobia yes. that exists. And even especially if we're going back even five years, we'll all admit like he is who is without sin cast the first stone in yeah. terms of society had homophobia so normalized we're watching will and grace now from 99 and just it's homophobia it's just it's a lot there she says that she would have appreciated him telling her up front and i thought this was a little weird that she's like i would have rather known up front that you were looking specifically for a woman despite being with men and he He's like, oh, so you think that if I wasn't serious about being with a woman, I would have even signed up for this show? And he just kind of shuts down from there. This is where they both get very defensive. Neither is hearing what the other's saying or absorbing what they're meaning by what they're saying. And it just turns into like, 
everyone and he immediately is like so i guess this is over then and she's like what like she's well, a, she's, she's like, feeling kind of caught ta- off guard yeah. she wants to communicate and talk about it yeah so he and then he says to her well you're giving me a response different than any response i've ever gotten about it even if Besides the fact that I don't think that it's possible that everybody was 100% on board with it, I think her wanting to have a conversation with him about it isn't unusual. Like, I would think at the very least, even if somebody's cool about it, you want to know. Yeah. Uh, Not necessarily to pry or be nosy or to judge, but just to be like, you want to know any, but I'm somebody who wants to know other people's relationship history before I start dating them. Yeah. I don't think it's completely unreasonable, but I again totally understand why he and i'm sure probably if you grew up in a family that wasn't totally accepting of it and around people in your life that weren't totally accepting of it any sort of anything that is not immediate blind acceptance is going to come across as you feeling the need to defend yourself yeah which will then get i wholeheartedly understand it'll get your blood pressure up it'll get your mind running so you don't necessarily you're not able to like have a calm normal discussion then Carlton's like, well, you don't have to talk about it if you don't want to. And she seems like she wants to. And then he says something which turns out to be in complete contradiction with his later behavior on brand for him. He's like, I'm not here to disrespect you. So she says in a talking head that she's just trying to communicate, but he's only really making things worse. So she takes off her ring and he's like, oh, yeah, have your throw it moment. And she's like, I'm literally just putting it down because I I feel like I was honest with you, but oh no, he says to her, you're taking it off because I'm being honest with you. You'd rather have a man lie to you about who he's been with. And she's like, what are you even saying? Like, and that's not at all, like, she's taking it off because she's confused, but I think, like, saying you're taking it off because I'm being honest with you, it's not the honesty that's bothering her, nah, it this, seems like. This is where he's so into his own emotions at the moment that he can't think clearly. Yeah, that he's not seeing it from her side at no. all. No, he interprets it as, I said this, this you're is an not attack accepting on me. me, F you. Yeah, and she's like, no, 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 like, yo, let's just talk, we, like, we gotta communicate, you're my fiancé. Then he starts calling her typical, which, this in my mind is like, so, is it a common thing that you've experienced, or is it abnormal? Yeah, if no one's ever reacted this way, how can you say that this happens every time? And part of me, I don't and know if he, he said every time. And then he says back, but... and then he says back to her, like, again, like, no other girl's ever had a problem with this, and so then she's like, he throws the ring in the pool and then he's like, this is why I don't deal with bitches like you. Well, he goes, fuck the ring. Like, that's a big thing. Yeah. I remember. Who gives a shit about a ring? Fuck, fuck a ring. ring. Fuck, fuck a, a ring. ring. That's what it is. And throws yeah. it. Yeah. So then she, because she, he up. says like, I don't deal with bitches like you. And she's like, oh, you're going to call me a bitch now. And throws a drink in his face, which is fair. <laughs> I mean, he's, yeah, he got real mad, started talking shit. I think like it's, I think things. if somebody's really getting that personal like personally insulting to you that's i'm not saying that throwing a drink is always the right answer no but i understand why in that moment she was more upset and ready to end things this is where we get her some iconic lines iconic line of the week i guess more or less i guess it's the tradition is carrying on into our bonus yes And they are... And watch my ass to the neck, dick now, boy. No, watch your wig, because you, it keeps sliding. They've been sliding since day one. You the fuck do you think one. I am? Your wig been you sliding since day one. You ain't married to no one. average bitch, boy. Peace out. 
I love too that in the reunion watchback where we get the little picture in picture in the corner of her reacting to it, she's mouthing the lines right along with Oh, it. was she really? Oh, oh my, my God. God. She was still so proud of herself for her recall on that. Like she's making jokes about it. But Beyonce's line is bounce the neck dick boy. Or As she I bounce to the next dick boy. Oh. Uh, huh. Yeah. That's no, funny. she she fully. I quoted, thought she threw her own line in with a Beyonce quote. I was like, "Oh, no, okay, good line." She went it's full like, lemonade on. His she ass. literally just said, "Fuck this, I'm quoting Beyonce." Yeah, you love to see it. So <laughs> Carlton says, good for her. She's That's funny. Diamond's proven herself to be ignorant and stereotypical, and he pops a champagne and then just chugs it from the bottle. Foam, be damned. So she's crying in some closed down bar area and says that she hoped he could really be a man and have a real conversation about it. But he couldn't. And that's a done deal. And you know what? I respect her 110 percent. This is a situation where it's and it's never telling people what to do or anything like that. No, I'm going to tell her what to do. I think that he shouldn't be. I think he shouldn't have been in this experiment until he was able to kind of work on himself and get himself. But I mean, that's what you could say about any of these people. Oh, no, of course. But I, mean, I feel in a like perfect world if, we'd be dealing with all emotionally healthy people who yes. are willing to try something. Well, his different. emotional secret about well, his sexuality it, seems about, a little more. It's not about the fact that he's. I think he identifies as bi, but he just says like loving both gender. You know, like the fact yeah. that he is sexually fluid. Just tougher. Yeah. It. It. That's not the part that I think he needs to grapple with. I think that he needs to work on. Th- the way he projects his own feelings about it on people and the way he projects his past experiences on it. Okay. Yeah. That's a good way to look at it. Well, hopefully he's worked on himself and he's doing well now. I, yeah, the reunion made it sound like it. Yeah. We'll get to that later. I mean, I hope for, you know, nothing but the best for him because that has to be an impossible burden to carry on yourself. But I also think that she made the right choice, not because he's bi, obviously. No, 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 of course. I think that she made the right choice because in, marriage and in life you're going to have to have uncomfortable difficult personal conversations and if this is how he's going to react in those scenarios huge red flag yes communication is so key not that we're you know in the ultimate position to give advice but this is advice that everybody yeah. gives that i don't this think is a, a lot of... this is a recap podcast well, not a relationship is... advice podcast no i know but i no, I, I think the thing that makes us very successful as a couple is that we have no problem discussing anything no if there's any issues that come up we'll discuss it communication is always key once in a while you, you know either one of us really anyone in a relationship could sit there and be like ah, it doesn't seem like a big deal this and that that uh, you think about it a little more shit happens and it's a it's communication is the key for any good relationship. You need to voice how you're feeling. You need to respect how the other person's feeling. Uh, always look at it from you know both sides. Respect. I mean, nothing. None of this should be groundbreaking information to not anybody, at all. But I don't think that people. It just makes our. Relationship I don't think it's as much of a priority in people's relationships as it should be. Yeah. And that's why, you know, it's it's a tough thing to work out if you don't have good communication yes so we see them both leaving the resort and you know he says in a talking head afterwards i guess after he's calmed down you know i'm i'm not the dude she had it out with at the pool you know i'm the guy who she talked to in the pods and who who both of them are got overshadowed by like assumptions defensiveness and pride and they both say that they're sad to be like leaving this resort without a fiance yeah 
So the rest of the couples all get together for a group dinner. This is the first time they get to see everybody else who is not the same gender or their yes. partner. And this, well, it's also where we learn that the couples, it's like the ladies were looking to be like, oh shit, that's blah, blah from the room. And then the guys are like, oh my God. And that's this guy. So they're realizing now all the couples are together on this resort. Yeah. And Jessica, the second she sees Barnett, her face fucking lights up, which is like, it's all downhill from there. Cause the thing is she knew. Yes, exactly. This is my moment of where I truly believe Jessica gave up on the Mark relationship. I think, I think she that went if into she had it. seen Barnett and he was like not physically her type at all. Also true. I think that would yeah. have made a we would be and, watching a different. And he show. seems exactly her type. Yeah. Based on like how she thinks she, you know, or she has described what she's into. He's like big baseballer energy. I said he looks that, like a baseball player. Yeah. I said that he reminded me of. Actually, I forgot in a walk to remember if Shane West's character played baseball. I think you did he did, right? Yeah, but he's like five, six and bone skinny. Who? Shane, Shane West? West? He's Shane a little West dude. Five, he's short? I don't know if he's five, six, but this is a Google moment. Well, we don't really. We're already almost at three hours, no, so I know. we don't have well, a Well, you Google of- and I'll continue. So pretty much, yeah, Vanessa comes in. She says they he's want- He's six feet tall. Shane West is? Yes. Well, what is he, like 120 pounds? Also, because Mandy Moore is like 5'11". Five, five oh, she is tall. That's right. Anyway. <laughs> Candy, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Song. So, pretty much, Vanessa has them there. They want them all to meet everyone that they didn't propose to or were in dates with in the pods. So, she announces all the couples. The weird thing is, is Jessica didn't expect to see Barnett, but the second she sees Amber, she needs to know that that's Barnett because that's the only person she was talking to, really. Yeah, I think she... Well, they also... Vanessa makes a point to say all of their names every yes. time they're together. And you could reason. tell Jessica is obviously still obsessed with Barnett. Uh, we find out the weddings are four weeks away. Yes. And how are you guys going to integrate your families, your friends, your jobs, your social media, like literally everything, but tells them for the rest of the night to have fun. So they all start drinking together. It's funny hearing everyone's initial, initial reactions to seeing each other. Where Kenny, Kenny says, says Gigi should model. She's gorgeous, Damien yes. says Amber is a lot. Yeah. Lauren says that Mark is smaller than she had imagined, and Kelly seems super into Cameron. I would say, well, we learn in the reunion stuff later on. We'll get to that, too. And the best one, the most important one, is that Lauren basically says that's who they were fighting over about Barnett. She says it in a way more, like, kind, like, way that yeah. i just put well, she, it but because she said she pictured him exactly what he looks like but also he's like says, growy frat boy yeah so she kind of it's very strongly implied that she's like of course this is the mediocre white yeah. guy that they all she's not impressed we're freaking out about then they kind of split up by gender and damien's like so who had sex i'll start and like gives <laughs> them the whole story and i'm like can you fucking relax no it really goes well he does also say that like it was mutually agreed upon. Yeah. Which He's is like, like, hey, we're not going to just talk about like, yeah, we're banging and this and that. It's more of like, hey, this is an important part of a relationship and moving oh, forward. Oh, I thought and- that he was like trying to say it's like mutually agreed upon. It's like good. All sex should be mutually agreed upon. Well, yeah, no, obviously. But it was no, it was. Ah. And then I wrote he brings up the her dessert line. Uh, but he says it's respect and mutual agreement. So yeah, if you had respect and mutual agreement, you wouldn't be going that much into the detail girls, with sex life with yeah. your friends. The girls go right into the same exact conversation, which we know Lauren, Amber, and Gigi all have. Cutting back and forth between the groups, just joking, having fun. Mark is uncomfortable about it. Jessica is now thinking she's not excited. 
Yeah, Mark Lauren is and Amber clearly, are joking about doing it this everywhere. This is one of the signs too that Mark feels like he needs to be up doing whatever doing what all the yeah. cool kids are doing. Well, they're because, having sex, why aren't I? Yeah, yeah, like he's he's trying his best nice guy way to say it's not fair that we're having sex. Like he's trying to make the best out of a situation that he feels really uncomfortable about. Is this a line here? What? When they ask Jessica so they go, so Jessica, you're going to give him that poom poom. She goes, oh why did he goes this pussy girl? Yeah. I thought that was funny as hell. Yeah, it was weird. She and then shout out to men. Damien's. I do declare to Kenny. Cause of I course. thought that was funny. Cause he go, what did he say? He's like, Oh, I'll just say that I couldn't walk in the morning. Yeah. And then Barnett makes some weird joke about, it. he's like, Oh yeah, I threw my back out the first night. Like we didn't do anything. And everybody's like, Oh, uh-huh. Oh, is that a joke? Like, I don't... He's fucking... It's where he says that and everyone just goes, Barnett! And look yeah. at him like... It's like, so obvious they did. No. Um, yeah, so Mark's feeling, like, left out. And Jessica's like, I feel bad that I don't feel interested in my partner. Yeah. I guess, like, she... I don't know if she expected everybody else to not be as into their I think as she is. I think that she also wasn't anticipating all the couples there. This is what I think ruined the chance for her and Mark to potentially start I a think, relationship. Right. If she had never seen Barnett. She saw Barnett, it ended. Done. Over with the whole... I mean, it's the whole theme of this yeah. whole freaking show. is, Or the biggest theme of this or show. Or at the very least, like I said before, I think that if Barnett... If she wasn't attracted to Barnett, then Different story too. it would be... She'd be like, oh my God, thank God. She would have yeah. gotten over it. She would have felt like comfor- more comfortable in her decision. Yeah. I mean, because they go over her and... Barnett in the pods and shit again. You could see that she's kind of awkward the whole time. I thought it was interesting too that Amber, like Mark, felt the need to be really braggy, which I think is weird. Oh no, she went all yeah. Come on. I mean, I just I think that that's a weird thing to do when you know Jessica's somebody else. There. I know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get why both of them are doing it. They're trying to be like, "Ha! I have the person that you wanted. Don't you feel like you made a huge mistake? I have them now." Like it's very it's mm-hmm. very much that she gets vibe. Very possessive, yeah. But cuz Mark but Mark does too in like a more subtle way than He comes Amber over does. in a bit, yeah. Well, cuz they're hugging and they're talking for a little while. And yeah. Mark's like, "Uh-uh, like I ain't losing her again." Yeah, like it's just they're just both very clearly trying to project amber's also they are and amber's doing the whole like tough guy thing well she gets well there's that other scene later with her which i think i made a note about something oh yeah 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 that's where i compare it with uh that movie but we'll get to that later okay so so now we're already jumping into episode five well no wait hold on wait 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 there's a little bit first for this well that kenny kenny barnes i don't know why why do you always say his last name i don't know i really like saying kenny barnes so kenny barnes obviously because him and kelly didn't have sex is like let me put it to you this way. I couldn't go for a run this morning. Oh, which oh is, I, I was wrong. His... I said couldn't walk. I was wrong with my, yes. I forgot what he said there. Yeah. So he says that, which I guess is his way of saying, I mean, he... granted, they supposedly fooled around like all night. He had so much sex. He's exhausted. Yeah. But it's, it leaves it open ended enough where people can read into that, whatever they want. Jessica says that her bond with Barnett will not be matched by any other bond, which is like, so you're saying that you don't like your fiance as much as you like this other guy. Yeah. Like, just say that. So uh, Jessica and Barnett share an awkward hug and conversation. He seems like super uncomfortable. And she's just he like, really gushing. does. He's like, fuck, she's here right now. This sucks. And he doesn't seem into her like at I all anymore. I think because like, he's he done. is so deeply conflict avoidant, which is like, so I went... F- 
that's part of why I don't and he really also like probably, him too. He could have saw Amber and been like, holy shit, she's exactly the type I'm into. This is perfect. No, I don't. I didn't get that vibe. Like, I didn't get it that he was more physically attracted to one more uh, than the other. I think that he, in his mind, is like, I made my choice to be with Amber. And regardless of how I feel or felt about you, that is the choice I made and I'm sticking to it. So, so he's the being idea, mature about it. I, it would be mature if he was able to have a conversation with her without looking like he was being tortured. He <laughs> looks so visibly uncomfortable, but that's because he is so deeply conflict avoidant. Yeah. But I, I get the my first time around his conflict avoidantness, his conflict avoidance made me really angry. But my second time around, I felt a little bit more empathy because it's clearly just a coping mechanism because he is so insecure. Yeah. Hmm. But we'll, we have plenty of time to talk about that there's in other episodes. There's many more episodes, yes. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything else about that. Oh, Mark is watching Jessica Barnett talk, and he's like, I'm not going to lose her. And I mentioned she, these Yeah, things. you did. But then Amber <laughs> says, Jess, putting oh, this- up any kind of fight is sad. And laughable. Laughable. Ha ha. And she told Barnett that if, she, if he leaves her, that she will hunt him down. That's why I said earlier, the consistent earlier. joke yeah, no, this is, is a Amber saying, theme. I can't believe I'm not, or, or I'm going to be arrested, or I'm going to kill him, or this. Or that. It's always the same, like, I'm crazy. Ha, ha, ha. It's like, all right. Relax, woman. Relax. Wait, episode am I? That's five. Not, I'm sorry. I shouldn't a... have said relax, woman. That sounds terrible. Yeah, that does. Um, episode five. Uh, we start off with, with Jessica's yes. impressions of Barnett. She's like, oh, he's very confused and troubled. She's pretty much like he made the wrong fucking decision. He knows he made the wrong decision. He should and be And he's in me. denial about the fact that he made yeah. the wrong decision. But yet Jessica and Mark are both she's like, very well, excited to she's see like, everyone. She's like it it made me feel happy about my decision. Yeah. Girl, what? But hearing his voice hurt a little. Yeah. Mark asked Jessica how she feel how she feels about Amber and Barnett and she's like, oh, they're clearly just like a physical. Yeah. F- it's f- supposed fling. to be emotional, but she doesn't think that's what's going on. So Mark claims he has no issue with Barnett, but he is grateful that him dumping her or them f- falling out is what made Jessica decide to be with him. The joke here, though, I, in my head, at least, she goes or I said she cracks a joke about Amber and Barnett doing all the doing it but what her and Mark have can't be touched and I thought to myself that's kind of funny because that's the opposite of doing it yeah she's like I Ooh. she's working really hard to sorry if you hear thunder in the back it's about to really fucking yeah. storm here in Jersey but she's really trying to sell again herself and yes. Mark and everybody around her that you know Oh, we have a physical, we have an emotional connection. That's wait, we have a really strong emotional connection, and that makes up for the lack of physical connection we have here. And it's like Mm -hmm. that's not gonna work in the long term. But then he says pretty much something. He's really aggressively telling her that he's fine about the whole thing. Well, the thing is, because she keeps bringing up them not having sex, them not having sex, and he's pretty much like, "Yeah, like as long as you don't say it, like it's coming off like a command, like it's okay." And she gets real pissed because she was. I hate drunk people like this who are so drunk that they do not understand how hu- human communication works. Yes. I understand miscommunications, but you can tell she's that kind of drunk where she heard something completely different than what was said. Yes. 
this isn't a regular misunderstanding. This is like a like blackout drunk, not yeah. being a human being. Yes. And all he does is say, he's like, listen, I'm just letting you know that we're on the same page and we just don't need to keep talking about how we're not having sex. Yeah, she's getting really upset about it. And he's like, no, you took it the wrong way. You took it the wrong way, which normally I'd be like, babe, that's come kind on. of aggressive. Babe, but come on, she did babe, take it babe. the wrong way. So many babes and come ons. So, yeah. oh my God, it's like watching the fucking dinner episode of The Office. When is Dota upstairs, babe? Uh, so... Amber and Burnett on a boat together, and the only thing I can think about is how seasick I would be on this thing. I'm just laughing because she's like, he's like, make sure you're steering. And she's like, what am I going to hit? And I'm like, a lot, of, like a sandbar could, at the very least. Like, another boat could come by and hit you right? if you're not paying attention. Although his saying, I don't know, a buoy was kind of funny. Yeah. Um, so they're excited and then she about just meeting keeps each up other's beating up and dogs. Killing yeah, she's threatening to beat him up. And then they talk about like families and he's nervous about how his family is going to feel which at first I thought was a reflection on her but I realized is more a reflection on his family Mm. later on which which is sort of about her but he's like I don't know you just gotta be like it's it's his way of saying you need to like relax like when you're around them like you need to be a little bit more yeah good luck with that it's it seemed like a slight class dig like a class, like a like a classism kind of thing, because she's a little bit more blue collar, more I guess, yeah, country. Whereas he's that like a little bit more bougie southern. Well, his family has a nice home. Yeah, but she's like, I don't know if I'm capable of being super nice. Like I'm a smart ass, and I'm like, just you're missing what's being said here. Although, you're missing, you're well, missing the subtext that yeah. he's like, you just need to just calm chill, it down, yo. Just chill and, and make so try and like nervous. make an effort to make a good first impression. Yes. So we move along to Cameron and Lauren that go on a helicopter. Oh, Amber asked that if he uh, had any second thoughts after meeting Jess and he doesn't answer, or at least we don't see him answer. They edit it. Yeah, a, that, at the very least, there's editing. hesitating. Yes. Like, there's hesitating regardless of whether he answers or not. Oh, it's just be like, nah, I'm not interested. Basically, we get a very quick Cameron and Lauren thing here. They take a helicopter ride. She says it feels like they've known each other for years. Yeah. And then Their we... scenes are, like, pretty straightforward because it's... There's no conflict. They try it's... to force a little bit, I'm going to sum up no every Cameron and Lauren scene. They love each other. She's nervous that for some reason it might not work. She's nervous about something. He tells her it's okay. He says in a talking head, he's nervous that she's going to self-sabotage. And then that's it. They still love each other at the end. Nice and easy. So we go to Mark and Jessica again. This time they're going horseback riding. She says they're like the exact same person. And can a relationship work for her that way? She thinks they, I wrote, never mind. I think they'd be good friends. Yeah, this is where I said the work husband wife thing. Yes. And today has been the most important day in this because he feels her. That sounds weird. That doesn't make any That's such sense. a base. I, that's what he said, I guess, because that's what no, I wrote. No, I believe you. I just. He, oh, because she says it's the first day they feel like they're really themselves right after that. I, I get that. And I, I didn't understand what she meant at first, but I realized with time what she's saying is that like the pressure is off to have to get to all the really difficult conversations. And it makes us or makes us. It makes me wonder or us if I'm also speaking for other viewers at home that felt the same way. Um, but she said he let loose and he was himself. So she got to see his real personality, which makes me think he finally wasn't his over anxious talking every five seconds. No, but that's what she kind of says is she feels like they 
don't have the pressure on to have to get to all the heavy, deep subjects. They got to just make small talk and have normal kind of lighthearted conversation. Yeah. They got to the, the pressure was off of both of them to be like, For all right, is this is this worth taking to the next level? Yeah. They got to just hang out. They had a nice day. And then he had a funny reaction eating blue cheese. And uh, yeah, she rea- kept trying to introduce him to different cheeses throughout. The it show. was funny where she sat there. She's like, oh, my God, what is he? He's like, oh, my God, that cheese is so potent. Blah, blah, blah. He makes this big deal. He's like, take a bite. She takes a bite. She goes, it's it's blue cheese. And no, just, doesn't have a ton of experience yeah. with blue cheese. I the only thing I kind of clocked about this is that he tries to kind of kiss her neck, and she made a I, face. I don't want to bring this kind of politics into it, but she does Not look so. like any other woman who's been around Joe Biden. What you could have just said, but she Joe looks Biden like a- does that thing where he comes in and lingers for a hug for a little too long, and she makes that same kind of face. I'm not saying anything about Joe Biden. Well, she mentioned at a point that, like, when he kisses her, she's uncomfortable. (laughs) And every time we kiss, (laughs) I get. I swear, I can vomit. Gigi and Damien are also on a yacht. Uh, I'm on a boat. Very, very bold move for his pale ass to be uh, just unabashedly unobstructed sunlight. Just laying out shirtless, sir. That is a dangerous move. Big risk. Uh, He's like. Oh, like, I love this. It's such an escape. Now, talk about miscommunication. Let's get this going. Oh, my God. I I forgot what he does for work, but I feel like he does something pretty. He's a manager, a general manager. I thought he was, like, pretty high pressure job, I thought. I don't know what gives me that He doesn't say what he does. I forgot. But he's like, oh, yeah, like, this is a great escape. And she's like, well, what are you escaping from? Like, very accusatory, which I'm like. Yeah. Bitch, why do you think yeah. people go on vacation? I mean, what like, dark secrets do you have in your life? Like, what three kids with random people do you have? That I want an escape avoiding? from it's the like, what? Especially too. I mean, maybe this is because we're both June Gemini's. Maybe this is where it jumps out for him. But like, I like an escape from my everyday life. I don't have a bad life, but. You know, sometimes you want to break from the routine and the pressure and, you know, everything going on. Like, you're hanging out on a yacht right now. It's kind of like... Anybody would want to do that It brings me to, like, our honeymoon where you don't have the anxiety or pressure about what's going on in the world. Work. Exactly. The work. The buildup for the wedding. Friends. Like, it's just... You get to just hang out. You're laying on a fucking boat in the middle of the ocean on a beautiful day. With your fiance. Just enjoy yourself. That's yeah. all it is. Don't let anything else pressure you or worry you. And then all she thinks about is that. And she keeps pressing him about like, he's like, I don't know about like the drama. And she's like, what drama? What what drama do you have? Like is expecting he, him to have some kind of yo, secret. Yo, I'm happy to just not be at work right now. Okay? Yeah, like life is drama. <laughs> exactly. It's, you know. He what said are you off- escaping from, Damien? Yeah, he said it super. I think he said it super offhandedly, like an offhand comment. And she turned it into a huge thing. That's kind of, it's got to be. Also, he's like, then he starts saying in a talking head about like, you know, I'm not trying to have these conversations while I'm on vacation and I don't blame him. No, not. There's you no can, reason that this needed to happen right then. And then she ends up walking yeah. off because she's so or you pissed. could You could have a more serious conversation like say, hey, you get back, you have dinner. It's the end of the day. You're laying in bed, you're chilling big. All right, maybe it's time for that like little bit of wine pillow talk where you have a little bit more of a real deep conversation but it doesn't have to be yelling like what are you escaping from who did things to you right what secrets are you hiding it's like 
it makes what no, kind of it's... life do you have that you don't feel like you need to escape from it and how can i have that life it's really one of the like being in his shoes you'd be like damn i gotta be worried how i word things that's he says that throughout yeah if like, no i'm just happy to be on vacation and not have any responsibilities at the moment but that i feel like says a lot about him for his ability to not really be able to convey that to her at all true because as much as she's making it a lot out of nothing, like if he would have just said, I don't know, life is stressful. It's nice to be on a yacht in the middle of the ocean. She hopefully would have calmed down, but he's like not explaining himself at all. So she's going to keep getting madder and madder. On to Kenny Barnes and Kelly. Right. The only thing really with this is that she's dis- drinking from a wine glass the size of her head. I was going to say they have the quick discussions about distractions when they get their phones back and stuff. And that they, is, have, they have monstrous wine glasses. That is that my first breadcrumb about my theory about Kelly, but I'm going to hold on to it. Okay. But now I, I'm I, intrigued. But I like that they make a commitment to making us time, you know, at the end of the day, putting phones down and really just connecting with each other. Something that, you know, we could stand to adopt. Yes, Sonia. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Let's pretend like it's one-sided. Sure. Uh, it's not completely one-sided. But she see, people, seems, this is why we communicate. She seems completely... She seems very concerned about how distractions will affect them. A little too concerned. Do you want me to reveal what I think it is now? I don't know. No. Not really. I think you okay. should do it. Ah, I'm going to hold on to it. Shit. I'm going to hold on to it. Nope. You already told me no, so... Lauren and Cameron go night swimming. She says she's never had a man so willing to show how much he loves her. She's concerned a little bit more about being in an interracial relationship, but this is where we learn this is not his. He's really just like, no, that's cool, yo. He said his last girlfriend. I don't know if it was his last girlfriend, but a serious, a serious ex uh, was also black. Yes. So they have a conversation about that a little bit, and says there was one time where you know somebody confronted her saying, oh, you should be with a black man. And apparently she kind of told him off. But he's less concerned about world pressure and more concerned about how she'll react to, like, family and friend pressure. Yeah. Come back to Gigi and Damien, who both say she's they're like, feeling so better now. She's like, so you weren't too happy with me earlier. And I guess in his defense, like, he seems like he comes from a more conservative, not just politically, but sort of based on his attitude, he seems like he comes from a family that doesn't really talk about Feelings. Stuff. So, you know, he's not used to that sort of emotional outburst. And she's been saying to him, like, oh, I won't dig about things. But then, like, he's not when he when she tries to start digging and then he kind of puts a roadblock up. She starts getting pissed. And this is when she says, like, you knew what you were getting into. Which is one thing to say, you know, after eight years of being in a marriage, where yes. you'll be like, oh, you're being shady. And I'm like, um, I've been this person 100% the entire time versus somebody you've known for two weeks. Yeah. That the only thing you know is that they like to self-sabotage or something like that. He also talks about, I mean, like, this is a huge, I mean, talk about pressure. He says he's potentially sacrificed his job coming here, which if I did the math correctly, he also went on a big vacation right before he signed up for this. On according to his Instagram. Oh Jesus! So it was a lot of time off work. So he said he he was risking a lot coming here because he really wanted to be the type of husband who supported his wife. To talk about his Instagram again, he saw he had some post up. It was before the show came out. I went pretty far back in his Instagram to try to figure out when his birthday was. I didn't really get to the bottom of it, but it's fine. He had some post that was like, four things a girl is never allowed to touch when she's with me. And it was like the gas pump, a car door, a regular door, and the check at a restaurant. 
And I'm like, I know that you think that that's really nice, but sometimes I I can open my own doors. Equality, and I can, son of a I bitch. I can pay for things. Like, you know, I, I appreciate your consideration, yeah, but I'm, I'm fine. So, you know, he, he is the type of man who really wants to be able to support his family, and he's worried that he's not going to be able to provide for her. She's like, listen, it's all right if everything doesn't work out as planned. You know, you're already exceeding any experience I've ever had. Mm. Please. So we move forward to the couples all starting to meet up by the bar. Uh, and this is where, as we were talking before, Kelly notices that when Jessica and Mark come by, Amber gets a lot more handsy with Barnett. Yeah. Kelly um, called them, well, like in a talking head, yes. called them right the fuck Even out. I said she's kind of overdoing it now. And then we find out that it seems like she's putting, she's like butt to his crotch, but her hand is behind. They're joking around and stuff. And I guess she put her hand in his pocket and was messing around because she gets all excited and turns around. She goes, I got you excited. Now, oh we're not God. big. And it's like, we're oh, not my big God. PDA people. We will like no. kiss and hold hands. A kiss, and a hug, dance it a sit little. Sit on a lap. But like, we're not. I, there was never a point in our marriage, especially in front of friends and stuff. Yeah. Like, why do you feel the need to be so gropey in front? Well, I know why. Like, that was yes. rhetorical. It's but. very uh, Isla Fisher from Wedding Crashers. Yes. I love when you said that. That It's what it is. It is it's 100% a hand, it's that. It's given a handy under a dinner table surrounded by family. Right. For what? You're being filmed. You're hanging out with friends and stuff and for whatever reason I mean, I you know feel why, the for need what, to. But. Yes. No, exactly as you're saying. Jessica's there. She's still being possessive. And, yes. Uh, is this where they go off and have the conversation? Jessica and Kelly have the conversation? This is, yes. It's Kelly and Jessica talking. Jessica's saying how everyone is about Kelly and Kenny are, wait. Oh, and then Mark, again, oh, trying how to. Oh, those two are going to make it. And, well, is. no, before that, I think that Mark says to Barnett, oh, my mouth hurts from how much I've been laughing. Mark and Kenny. No, I haven't. It came Barnett. right after. Yeah. I have Barnett. No. Kelly and Jessica were talking about. How Kelly and Kenny are making, they're going to have grandbabies. Mark and Kenny are talking, and Mark is saying how his mouth is hurting from laughing so much. Well, he says it with Barnett in earshot at the very yes. least. So, so he's making a point. Yes. It's his version of what Amber's doing yeah. dick-wise. Jessica just saying, everyone seems like they're so in it, but her and Mark, they're still the physical barrier. Kelly's asking about seeing Barnett and Mark. Who are you more attracted to? And now Jessica's saying, it's, like, it's not on. the age concern, it's, a fi- it's the physical connection. Yeah. She saw Barnett said, oh, he's much more attractive than Mark. But he Mark. doesn't know what I don't he want wants. Anymore. Yeah. That's, oh my God, it's so annoying. It's so annoying. How, and it's like she you says, said, it's She not, says in a talking head, how I feel around Mark isn't how I want to feel around my fiance and I need to tell him where I stand. Yes. Which is, I think the, fr- this is, Jessica claims since the show has aired that she tried to leave and producers made her stay. And I'm I have not heard. When, does she say when? I she might have, and I've never heard any refuting evidence from Love Is Blind producers. Again, I didn't go out of my way to do research on it, but I have a feeling that she probably was like, "I want to tell him." I want it like she went to producers and she was like, "This isn't working," and they were like, "No, you need to." Yeah. You're too far along. You're almost done with this Mexico trip. Which like, is, sorry, you're which doing I think this. is probably the in the producer's mind. No, we want you to dump him at the altar. Yeah. And they already also lost Diamond and Carlton. Like, fuck, we're down two people. Yeah. So this means, you know, they probably, that's what it was. They had one wild card option where there's like, listen, if one couple leaves, we're good. Outside of that, everyone else is Well, I in. was thinking like, how would it have worked if there were more couples that worked out or and fewer? What if, what if there were three more that worked? I mean, there's two more seasons on deck, so I guess we'll just have to wait it. and see. 
I wonder how those are going to be. And I wonder I'm if they're going to really be really like, excited. Yeah. It's just so insane because I don't feel like I've enjoyed watching this either time. Cutting back to Jessica and Mark in their room saying everything's finally aligning and everything. Wait, what the fuck am I even reading? I don't know. Everything's finally aligning. But the night before she told him she doesn't know if she could ever get there physically. And then she says when he kisses yeah, her, it really doesn't ab- feel right or comfortable. She straight, right up says, there. she straight up says kissing him doesn't feel right. And she's really obsessed with how far behind the other couples she is. Like meanwhile, right there, let her go home. Meanwhile, she's like, I don't feel right wearing the ring. So she takes it off and she says she doesn't expect that to change. He says he loves everything about her. And he's feeling blindsided. This this part, every time we talked about it, I fucking laughed my ass off, His which is so mean. Is horrible. Because he's like, he keeps saying, it's like as soon as we left the pods, everything changed. But no awareness of what the variables could be. He's like, I don't understand what could have possibly changed since, since she's been able to see my face or Barnett's face. I wonder what it could possibly be that made her change her mind. Yes. Like, what the fuck? How? Either you're lying to yourself or you're lying to the... Or you think the audience is stupid. A little bit of both? I don't know. Either, like, <laughs> either he's not admitting to himself or admitting... Or he doesn't want to admit to the audience that he's... he's That she's not attracted to him yes. in real life. So this is pretty much where all the couples just come. They meet at the pool and they hang out again. Uh, there's a montage of them just swimming around, having fun. And now they kind of break off and, like... They start talking to each other and the different couples. So like Mark and Lauren are talking to each other saying, uh, you know, Lauren and Cameron are a match made in heaven. Cameron and Gigi are talking pretty much the exact same thing. Damien, every time he has a conversation with another couple outside of the pod, it's like he wants to commiserate with somebody about how hard it is. But like nobody else's relationships are going like theirs is going. Exactly. So like yeah. nobody else can relate. It's like, oh, it's such a challenge. And they're all just like, they're like yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess it's kind of weird, right? And he's like, yeah, no, I feel like it's like two different experiences. And everybody's like, yeah. I guess. Can then Jessica and Barnett yes. have a conversation. Jessica tells us in a talking head that she is very physically attracted to him. And she is kind of busting his chops a little bit about being so sexual and gropey and handsy with Amber. And then she also drops... That the line's really- like, if, if they were together out of the pod, that Barnett would be more sophisticated. And yeah, stuff. that like, was such a weird... That's, in my head, that's delusional line. That Yeah, this is when she started looking real Morello to me. Yeah, that's where it's like, listen, like, if you're really thinking, oh, I would change him and do this, it's like, yo, like, you really got some problems right now. And I, if this is around when well, she wanted because, to leave... Well, this would... is too, because he's kind of in his own very conflict-avoidant way, trying to give her signals of... You know, stop pursuing well, me. Well, just kind of like because she's like, oh, I was really emotionally invested and I know you were too. And he's like, well, you know, I'm I'm good now, though. So no, thank you. And Jessica straight up tells him that there is no physical connection with Mark. Yep. She's still trying. That's what it is. She's That's, taking her shots here thinking he's going to make, you know what, Amber, this isn't working. You know, I'm gonna go me with Jessica. too. And it's that's not the case. No. Interestingly, Mark and Amber are talking too, but because the thing is, like, I'm not, a, I'm not a jealous person at all. But I know that if I was aware of the dynamic 
between them, I wouldn't be super comfortable letting them have a conversation off to the side. Could be a producer intervention. And as I'm well. not nearly anywhere near as jealous as fucking Amber is yeah. or Mark. So produce that could be producer intervention as well, like making them like, yo, you have to go let them talk over there. Yeah, maybe. And Amber and Mark are also friends as we learned throughout other We don't times know if these conversations are happening and, at the same time yeah. though. So he's like telling her, Oh yeah, like I'm really fighting for Jessica and She's like, yeah, I do feel like she needs to do more to, like, show you that she's in it. And he, again, is like, oh, I want to go back to how things were in the pods. Like, I don't understand what changed. It's always the pods. It's like she he's like a pen pal for. So we move forward to Damien and Gigi where he's covering her eyes and bringing her to the balcony of their room. They do the most Pinterest date night bullshit. I told I there are several things that I told Mike, don't ever do that shit with me. Don't I don't and I don't That's actually the exact quote you used. Don't ever do that shit with me. Don't ever do that shit with me. I don't I don't like I mean look, I think that it would be fun to go stargazing like with a telescope, but I feel like the idea of making it like this big romantic gesture date, like I don't know, I want to do it more as like a chill activity, you know. It would be one of those like I want to go on a trip somewhere. Whether it's to like a national park or something where there's no light pollution whatsoever, where you can like see the Milky Way, then I'd be like, "Yo, all right, this would be cool." Right, like the idea, you you know, everything. Oh, this I don't know. Just seeing it as like a romantic gesture is mad corny to me. I'm sorry if you've ever done it with your partner. I like I said, I was gonna have some weird. Well, no, no, I'm not gonna shame. I know personally, you don't want it, whatever. But I'm not gonna shame anyone. I mean, if you did it, that's fine. If they do it, like, hey, like, enjoy what you do, have fun. I literally have here. Gigi says a bunch of corny shit about love. I don't know what it is. I don't care to elaborate. And Gigi goes, you know, when people name stars, I want that. That's some middle school, high school, boyfriend, girlfriend shit. That is like a... Naming a star for someone? Yeah. Like, I don't think that's something that two adults... Maybe it's just something she really wants. I don't know. God, such a romance hater. I know. Yo. Until they break up and they're just like, oh, I can't wait to hear the breakup song. Oh, always. (laughs) But, uh... Mark and Jessica. Yes, this is something... So it's Mark and Jessica, and Mark's in a talking head. I was confused about how things before and after the pods, you know, why are things different? And I wrote in all caps, it's because she saw Barnett. Uh, he says he wants her to be a thousand percent open. Once the experiment stopped, she put up a roadblock. She said, well, technically the experiment's still going on. Once the pod part, she put yeah, up Yeah, the pod part block. of the experiment, yeah. Uh, she says they have a connection. It's undeniable, but it hasn't turned physical yet. He said, well, especially when you say that the guy kissing you makes you uncomfortable. Uh, he says that the experiment isn't over. There's just not a wall between us anymore. And that's where I wrote the soundtrack to this show is fucking crazy. I wish I wrote down what song was playing because something definitely goes on. Yeah. This is one of those where a song would come up and be like, the wall is gone between us. Yeah. I just think she says like that they have an undeniable connection, but things just haven't turned for me. And that she says she doesn't feel comfortable meeting his family with a ring on her finger at this point. This made me laugh because there's like this meme going around where it was like my reaction when he calls me his girlfriend in front of his hot friends. And it's like, oh, I don't know. I just saw me like a TikTok like that the other day. It was like when my boyfriend proposes to me at uh, the front of the front row of the Bad Bunny concert where it's like, oh, no, I don't know. No, we're just we're just friends. Like, you know what I mean? Like, she doesn't want wow. anybody to know that they're Well, it's like those together. awkward scenes where, like, yeah, you've seen it where, like, a dude is, like, proposing in a mall or whatever. 
after, I don't know, like a fucking flash mob or something. And like, he goes to go to the knee and the girls just like grabs him. And it's like, no, no, no. Like, do not go on your knee right now. You do not do this. And then she says, no. And it's like, I wrote ah. here, like I wrote the cognitive dissonance jumped out. Oh my God. Bringing it back to charm school. Oh, but I think that it's either cognitive dissonance or maybe he just wants her to say outright, I don't find you attractive that's what it yeah although you know what i was thinking actually oddly enough because this is like the perfect full circle moment to bring it back to some like it hot where it's like that scene at the end where oh which one, the boat yeah where they're like but i but i can't have kids and he's like we can adopt and it's like but i'm not actually a woman and it's like nobody's perfect makes it yeah my god you know like that's exactly what this that's exactly mark's approach to it where it's like nothing jessica could have ever said except i am not interested in you or like i'm not attracted I think even to then you. he'd still be like it's okay we can make it work like we could be polyamorous you know what i mean like i feel Jeez. like he would still make excuses for it regardless but jessica says i'm still here i'm still open i love really hard and i love you and that is the end of episode five. And three and a half hours later, I think this is where we should wrap our episode up. I agree. Because, well, now we're going to be moving forward with them all moving in with each other. Well, uh, I think there's something. Oh, no, wait, never mind. I was going to say the uh, the other really awkward discussion about Jessica's feelings for Barnett is later. Yes. I just mixed up all the times Jessica no, no, got no. drunk and said really fucked up yes. things to Mark about Barnett and her feelings. Uh, and I then guess. it also, because right at the beginning of my notes for episode six, I thought we'd answer it. I do have the note of Kelly is talking about one of the big challenges is going to be social media. So it obviously is the tie-in that I've goes with little, your theory of I've like. I've got a little. I've got a theory. I'm a little. I am very intrigued. Theory, but if you want to hear it, I guess. I guess we're gonna have to put this on Patreon. I'm sorry, everybody. Part two. Part two is gonna have to go on Patreon because we have to start Rock of Love next week. No, right? Yes, priorities with the show. So if you very excited to start it, I know you're looking at it like, oh, my God, it's going to be so problematic. But I am excited to kind of watch back. And, you know, every time we start a new show, I get excited. I know. Same. I mean, I'm less excited about this one as I've expressed multiple times. Yes. Throughout. But if you want to keep listening to our thoughts about Love is Blind, be sure to check out our Patreon slash Rewind the Love Pod. I realized I didn't give the address in the last one, but the yeah, one check that out there. aired before this. Yes. And we I mean, well, we'll, well it'll be in descriptions and tagged. Yeah, and stuff. I'll give all like, that information all out there. there. But if you um, if you want to keep listening, that's where you find us. We appreciate anything. We all hope. Anything and everything. We yeah. understand this is a tough time. We're in unprecedented territory right now. It's like every fucking commercial is telling us every five minutes. Yes. Is it, um, in this, during this unprecedented time. So it's really no, we totally those... understand, you know, that it's it's not a good time for everybody, but we appreciate anything that does come through. Even yes. well wishes. At the very least, if you can't donate, we'd appreciate good reviews on social star. media. Recommend us to your friends who don't suck, like I always say. And just keep reaching out to us let us know what you think anything else you want to hear us talk about too yeah. we're looking forward to yeah. all of it we've got plenty to yeah. talk about movie so reviews anything exactly so it's never ending yeah we've got a lot of stuff to cover and we hope you stick with us through it so yes hope you all enjoyed this hope you all enjoyed the other one we just put out as well with and the we 2000s that you will enjoy rock of love yes and everything else we do yes, but uh 
Yeah, so Sonia, where can everyone find you and the show on social oh, media? Oh, so you can find the show at Rewind the Love Podcast on Facebook. Holy shit, I'm wow. back on my bullshit. And wow. uh, you can find on Twitter and Instagram at Rewind Love Pod. You can find me on Twitter at Sonia Marie Says. So now you're going way too fast. You gotta chill. You can, fi- you can find me at Mr. Feeney 519 and that's That's pretty much it hopefully y'all continue with us in uh part two all right bye bye